Can you heal toe? Do you even know what that is? We'll teach you how and why you need to know this age-old trick. We'll also get into the pros and cons of night wheeling, and I bet you never looked at it like this. And don't forget to share the Jeep Talk Show with your friends. Just tell them to go to jeeptalkshow.com. You're listening to a 4x4, 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Wendy. There will be body damage. Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. This week's show is brought to you by Extreme Terrain. Be sure to check out the latest episode of Extreme Terrain's Throttle Out YouTube series where host Meredith Evasu selects her top five Wrangler mods you should consider for your own JK. Since the JL and Gladiator are currently taking a lot of the spotlight lately, <laughs> uh, this video will appeal to owners of the longest running Wrangler generation since the CJ. You know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps, this show is for you. Josh, Tammy, Wendy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about Jeeps. Jeeps. It's true. Hey, I'm Josh, but you can call me Josh. <laughs> okay. Howdy, it's Wendy. Fall is in the air and the forest trails are open again. Yay! Tony here, and we're loving the fall weather down here in Southeast Texas. It was 82 degrees today, and it's time to break out the sweaters. Wow. <laughs> I don't know about all that. <laughs> Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. Well, this is going to be a very close call for this Jeeper's passenger in Colorado. Now, I think Tammy has been where this Jeep once was. And if I remember correctly, I scoffed at her response to the trails up there. Now... I take it all back, <laughs> and here's why. Yikes. They say Oof. they say things happen in threes. Jeeps apparently are no exception. First, it was that Jeep on a bike trail in California that damn near had to be rescued by a helicopter. Then it was a snowflake-spotted Jeep on a hiking trail, and now we have this. This week, pictures have been coming out showing what is left of a red Jeep Wrangler who had a passenger and two dogs in it while it was parked on one of those steep and rather narrow Black Bear Pass trails as it winds up through Bridal Veil Falls. The driver was outside of the Jeep helping another vehicle when, all of a sudden, the edge of the trail gave way and the Jeep started sliding. It only took a second before the Jeep was in full tumble. The passenger, 23-year-old 23, 23 Susie Rhodes, was ejected from the vehicle as were both of the dogs. The Jeep rolled too many times to count and crossed over several switchbacks, falling hundreds of feet in elevation down the mountainside. The Jeep is literally unrecognizable in the photos. Susie Rhodes had to be airlifted from the mountain and sustained a laundry list of severe injuries. She was taken to St. Mary's Hospital in Grand Junction, where she underwent immediate and intense surgery on her spinal cord. Thankfully, to the skilled team of surgeons there, she is in at least stable condition for right now. One of the dogs was missing for a couple of days, but has since been recovered. Neither of the animals suffered any serious injuries. Black Bear Pass outside Telluride, Colorado is no joke, Jeepers. I made fun of Tammy as she recounted her experience up there, choking it up to her fear of heights more than anything. This is not the kind of terrain that you take lightly, as clearly it doesn't take any action from you or even other motorists whatsoever for things to go completely sideways on you in a heartbeat. Accidents happen off-road all the time, and when they do, in places like this, 
They aren't exactly fender benders. So please, this winter, this fall, take it easy out there and above all else, be aware of your surroundings. No matter where you wheel, look for how the runoff has eroded the trail. Look for fractures in the hillside. Keep an eye out for possible rock slides or leaning trees that are at odds with gravity more than they should be. It doesn't take but a second for you to miss something out on the trails that could very well change your life forever. So be safe, have fun, and stay vigilant, Jeepers. That's such a sad thing. I'm glad you got, you found this story. I saw this, uh, I think it was on Facebook that I saw it originally posted. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe that this was a Jeep. And yeah, I, it's, it's, it's hard to recognize it. It really is. And, and uh, I had to read through the thing to make sure nobody died before I posted. Has anybody, yeah. uh, anybody going to part out those rims? <laughs> I don't know if they're straight anymore, Tony. No, seriously, if it wasn't for, you know, the 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 back tailgate portion of this Jeep, oh, no. you know, like yeah, where a spare would tire know. would mount, honestly, you would not know what vehicle this was. Seriously, there a, a a single handle, a couple of hinges, that's about it. And even if you're not a regular Jeeper, it would be hard to recognize what this vehicle once was. The fact that the person who was in the passenger seat at the time is still alive that's and breathing. Amazing. After, is amazing. After this, I mean, I, I can't imagine what she went through before she was ejected from the vehicle. Um, yeah. Just up to that point, and then everything else that happened to this vehicle afterwards, it's a miracle this person is alive. I mean, the, the conditions that, that they were in this area uh, clearly had to be life lighted out. There wasn't, oh, just put her in the back of the Jeep, we'll drive her down the mountain. No, mm-hmm. she was. She had suffered severe and, and, and massive spinal injuries. They had to go in and, and, and operate on her spinal cord and come on, this is it'll be a miracle if she ever walks again. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, too, because when I first read the story, it talked about he said he, he didn't set the brake. Then later I saw he did set the brake. And That's now what this I read. article saying that the dirt actually gave way. So I'm not sure what happened. But Interesting. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm thankful that both the dogs and uh, Susie were actually thrown, believe it or not, because looking at the Jeep, I don't think they would have no. survived the way it was crushed. No. I, I just don't think they would have survived. Absolutely not. It. Yeah, mm-hmm. with, without question. If if she was not ejected from the vehicle, there is no chance that, that she would have made it through that accident. No, I don't think so. So there is some something for that. But I think it just goes to remind everybody, when you get out of your Jeep, you have to, like you said, look around, check your surroundings. But you also need to make sure that your Jeep is in park or, or you know, put a parking brake on or, or put a chalk behind the wheel if it's that. I mean, I've never been to that trail. So according to Tammy, it's pretty steep. So... I don't know. There's things we could all look back here and armchair quarterback for what we would do or could do. But I'm sure a packed a good parachute. Uh, I'm sure that you guys have seen that uh, picture or the pictures that uh, the numerous Jeepers take. I think it's out at Moab where you can see the 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 beautiful vista down below. And there's they're parked on this rock that's jetting out. Uh, and somebody mm, takes a picture mm-hmm. from the side, you oh, know, like a yes, diving board. Yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. And is that what it's called? But it l- looks like a diving board. <laughs> no, I, I, there, I'm sure there is a, a proper name for it. It's not diving board, though. Okay. <laughs> so, but I often think about, you know, how close are you getting to the edge of that? And how strong is that rock mm-hmm. after so many Jeeps? And, and I'm sure it's not just Jeeps that park on that thing. There's probably full-size trucks that do the same thing. I've just never, never seen a picture. And I just think to myself, man, you were just uh, taking a, a huge risk for that risk. thing dropping off. Yeah. And what's the likelihood that the person's going to snap that picture that r- right, mm-hmm. you know, as it's snapping off, that it gets so many hits on social media. <laughs> they'll just they'll so drop the camera and, way down the mountain. Yeah, <laughs> they'll drop the camera and get that crappy shot. 
Well, and, and well, Josh, and at the end of your story, there's a GoFundMe set up for her. Yeah, I, I didn't want to really, uh, you know, bring too much attention to that. Uh, we try not to, uh, to you know, play favorites here, but I, I did want to mention that uh, if you do want to support um, support this individual uh, through her accident, uh, there is a GoFundMe. We do have a link for it uh, in the show notes for this episode at JeepTalkShow.com. Uh, and, and if you are so inclined, uh, you can use that link and, and help Susie out uh, through her healing process. Yeah, if you guys are curious about why we don't do that is, is that we never know the legitimate the legitimacy of the GoFundMe. Go. And mm-hmm. um, that's a good point. You, you don't because you know people do do things uh, for for money, and sometimes they do things for the right reason, but they don't give the money to the people that it was set up for. <laughs> oh. So so oh, we God. we hate to you know to to put the Jeep Talk Show name. Uh, behind, you know, do this, and then you go and do it, and it turns out to be a bad thing. Uh, we just yeah, haven't researched it. Worse, yeah. Yeah, we just haven't researched it, so it's kind of like, you know, uh, buyer beware, or in this case, uh, GoFundMe beware. There you go. Well, if you're like me, then there's a good chance you have your eye on the Gladiator. Jeep's <laughs> midsize pickup uh, oh. that is just utterly blowing the competition away Really, it, it's it's. I, I'm not surprised it hasn't won awards already. But I love the possibilities a Gladiator affords. That is, if you can afford one to begin with. From a capable trail rig to an amazing overlanding platform, the Gladiator seems to pretty much have it all. And when it comes to towing, the Jeep pickup truck can get the job done. And one of the jobs the Gladiator was marketed as doing well was the job of towing. In fact, one of the first in-print pictures of the Gladiator was showing it towing a flatbed trailer with an old-school full-size Wagoneer behind it. That immediately had most of us daydreaming of towing our Jeeps with another Jeep. Super cool, right? But the question immediately surfaced, is it really that capable? And is it even safe towing that kind of a load, considering it is still just a mid-sized truck? Well, if towing is your concern, if going into a Gladiator purchase, Mopar has you covered with a new factory accessory trailer brake controller. While a mid-size pickup might not be the ideal towing rig for every application, a factory-backed brake controller provides a degree of peace of mind to those who use their trucks. As trucks, with any sort of regularity, that is. And for just $299, it's relatively inexpensive peace of mind as well. The new trailer brake controller is easily integrated into the Jeep Gladiator's instrument panel, installed in a blank panel in the dash in front of the transmission shift lever. The round controller knob provides a consistent look and feel with the vehicle's interior. In other words, it looks more like it belongs and less like it was an afterthought. And in the event you are lucky enough to already own a Gladiator, well, this controller can be also retrofitted into Jeep Gladiators that are already on the road. To get yours, contact your local dealer today. Pretty cool. <clears throat> I'm sure there's people yeah, out there I mean, that want to tow. That's what I'm saying. I mean, that was. I mean, the first thought when when they when when that picture came out of a Jeep Gladiator towing a, a Wagoneer on a, on a flatbed trailer, that was like every Jeeper's dream. There's my tow rig. I'm. I finally will be able to tow a Jeep with a Jeep and be all Jeep out on the trail and in the staging area. It's what it's all about. It'll be so cool. Bragging rights, all of that, right? Well, you know, and then we start getting out the, some of those numbers, you know, in excess of six, seven, eight thousand pounds towing rating, uh, you know, and, and, and so this, this is a capable tow rig. Well, now that FCA has stepped up and given you some extra control over your load, uh, that's really going to make things a lot safer and it's really going to improve the capability, the towing capability of the new Gladiator. 
That sure is pretty. Well, it, <laughs> it really is. And I mean, the truck itself, the accessory itself, absolutely. And like I said, it looks like it's meant to go in there. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, if you've got one of these in your Gladiator, uh, t- tell us about it. Uh, call into the show. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, leave us a voicemail and uh, and let us know what your what your thoughts are on the uh, on the new. Uh, FCA uh, trail break there there. So anyways, if you have a news tip or a response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how. Hey, coming up later in the show, we've got an interview with Brian Goldwitz with Easy Trunk. This is a really cool company doing some really cool stuff for Jeeps and oh, just wait, it's not what you think it is. Mm. <laughs> I'm trying, my mind just started going. You know, exactly. I I'm just, like, what? I go, you know, I'm usually pretty good at coming up with off the wall stuff, but when I, well when I saw Easy Trunk, I just, you know, well, I guess I can come up with the obvious one. I didn't think about that one. Damn. <laughs> You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Hey, you know, if you haven't been to the 4x4 Radio Network in a while, now's the time to go back. Uh, there's always new content getting added, and it's all for free, and it's all off-road related, even better. So if you are an off-road th- enthusiast, I know you are, you're listening to the show right now, and I bet you got friends that are off-road enthusiasts too. If they don't drive Jeeps, it's okay. It's not their yeah. fault. We've got something <laughs> for everybody over there at the 4x4 Radio Network. Just head over to 4x4radionetwork.com. It's all one word. Four X four. Those are the numbers. Four and X and four radio network. Anyways, you're, you're going to find the center steer podcast there on the trail podcast. Uh, we, we've got uh, four by four podcast there. We're there as well. It's all for free. It's all in one spot. Go check it out. Four by four radio network.com. We'll see you there. Coming up in tech talk, wire loon one Oh one. I'm sorry. Is that loon or loom with an M it's <laughs> <laughs> with you know b yeah i was gonna say i told i was telling my wife that joke this just this morning she said you know oh. billion with an m and i said josh does that all the time on the show it drives me up the wall she goes it's funny <laughs> <laughs> oh she gets points with, with me yeah, that's, good. that's good i say there it confuses people because they say oh he said billion no it's there's a fight actually fights get started out there i know because it's like he said billion he no said billion. he said him. The dress is blue. <laughs> hey guys, this is Pat from Northern Michigan. I told you I was going to call back because I had some complaints about Texas and Oregon. He's in a truck. I'm an over the road truck driver. <laughs> listen to all the shows. I've listened to most of the back episodes. Even started with number one. People, let me just say that was fun. But enough said. About Texas. Come on, Tony. What's with all the bro-dozers? Can't you get those guys out of there? It's terrible. I was down there a couple weeks ago. Everywhere you look, you got another bro-dozer with all its lights underneath. Ah, ridiculous. And Josh, what kind of people you live in with in Oregon? I was up there about two months ago. Lady jumps out of her car in the middle of the freeway. She got over on the shoulder first. Jumps out with a roll of toilet paper, does what she has to do in the grass, right beside the freeway, traffic going by on both sides, jumps what? back in and she's done. She was a pro freeway pooper. That's all I've got to say. But as far as California and Colorado or Tanya, in California, we're cute. Forget their name. Windy is. 
<laughs> I've had no problems with either one of those days. Oh, good. So look out, because I'm traveling <laughs> everywhere. All right. Talk to you later, guys. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Soon to be a not a grand bastard. Thank you. <laughs> so obviously he's being paid by California and Colorado to say good things. On the take, clearly. <laughs> well, not. I was going to say he obviously hasn't been to California. For <laughs> well, I mean, some places he talks about the uh, people taking poops in uh, in Oregon. Uh, you know, on the freeway. Yeah. Jeez. Well, it, I guess it could be worse. Uh, but uh, like the streets of San Francisco, uh, that's a good name for a series. Um, so Josh, what's the deal with uh, people taking yeah. poops out there? In yeah. the, like, he, he, it wasn't was just in Oregon. He must have been through, coming through Portland, and there's, just, there's <laughs> no question. There's no question. Now, and, right, and think, my city, my city is the laughing stock of the nation right now. It's pretty much the the punchline for for pretty much every bad joke that there is in 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 every you know major news media outlet. It's there are there are bad things going on in Portland right now, and I'm so glad I'm on the outskirts of it. I, I'm on a I'm on a, in a little suburb outside of uh, outside of Portland, so I'm not necessarily directly affected. And and thankfully, I don't commute through Portland anymore. Uh, and I and I'm staying sort of on the on the east side of the counties uh, adjacent to to Portland area. So, uh, but man, yeah, there's four straight months of of just. Uh, you said it, brother. You know, and I, th- I think the bro-dozers are probably up around Dallas. Uh, fortunately, we don't have him here to, to let us know exactly where that was, but I'm going to say it was in Dallas. <laughs> so uh, that just reminds me of something, Josh. Now that you don't have that uh, uh, three-and-a-half-hour drive uh, to work uh, uh, one mm. way, uh, are you uh, are you jeeping uh, to commute, or are you still taking the, the Honda? Oh, no, no, the VW, right? Yeah, and I'm, I'm driving a Passat now, but uh, yeah, no, got, got rid of the Honda. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, I, I have jeeped a couple of times, uh, but uh, it's 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 not 100% right now, so I'm not driving it a, a whole lot. So it's it's really short distances, and and although my commute is relatively short, uh, the Jeep is is staying home for now. Is there plans for once the the Jeep gets back in a fighting position that it'll uh, it'll be a daily? I mean, I don't know how you do it. I mean, that's it's it shows a great level of maturity to take a drive a little car back and forth to work. I mean, not having uh, the money to, to the the five hundred dollars a month for gas helps that maturity level. But now there's no reason for it. No, I think you should drive no, the Jeep. I love honestly, driving the I've, Jeep. I've been talking about it for for years. I wish I didn't have to drive a small car. Mm-hmm. And, and honestly, a Passat isn't a small car. It's Volkswagen's full sized uh, sedan, um, and, and it's a it's a comfortable ride. Uh, that being said, I I really wish I had a truck. I've, yeah. I've wanted a I've wanted a truck for for many many years. I I really wish I had a tow rig for my Jeep. It, it would certainly change uh, where I wheel and how I wheel drastically, um, and it would afford me the options to to get out to some of these distant wheeling places like like Moab uh, or possibly oh, Rubicon. Even if you had a flat toe, it would it would be much better situation. Exactly, exactly. Yep. So um, it's just it's it's one of those things where it's it's been one of those pipe dreams. It's been on the list for a long time, uh, but it's never been been a practical option because I had a. 40 mile commute one way uh, that took me a, you know, a minimum of an hour and a half every afternoon and sometimes as much Crazy. as three hours to get home every single day. And, and so, you know, spending two to three or four hours a day in traffic just doesn't warrant having a full size truck. 
So uh, that was just, it was out of the question for so many years. Right. Now being in the same job for, for 15 years, I almost pretty much just gave up on that dream. Well, now that I, I have a commute of, you know, sub 10 minutes, uh, wow. uh having, uh, having, yeah, seriously, Ultra uh, having, <laughs> yes, it really is. I'm, I'm getting, I have over 10 hours a week back of my, you know, back of my life, of your uh, life, of my life yeah, back. That, and it's, it's, it's yours. Yeah. It's, it's, what that does for your morale, it's it's just not even funny. So we could so, start a, um, uh, a second episode per week, right? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> the oh, people are asking for more episodes per week, yeah. Josh. Yeah, then they have to more, go more backwards content. and listen what, to everything already. Yeah. Yeah. What, two and a half hour show <laughs> no. isn't, isn't good enough for you people? Uh, like, Guinness, Guinness called, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> So no, it's now now that my commute is is so is so short. Um, the practicality of of owning a full size truck uh, is is a little bit more realistic. Uh, so it's not it's not out of the question now. It's just a matter of finances and, and can we make it work? So right, it'll work out. All this uh, podcasting money is gonna uh, float <laughs> yeah, it for you. Yeah, <laughs> let me tell you. Wait, ya. what? Wait, there's money. Hold on a minute here. I didn't get that memo. Oh, there's money. It's going the wrong way, but there's money. <laughs> yeah. What? Where's the noob? Noob! 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 Hey, noobie! Noobie! Noob Nugget. It's time for Noobie Nuggets. Well, have you ever approached an obstacle and found yourself trying to make the decision to go around or over? If around is even an option. Well, if you're new to jeeping, I'm sure you've asked yourself these questions. Is my jeep set up enough? Will there be body damage and how much? Do I need skid plates? Will I tip over? Along with these questions, there may be others like, if they did it, can I do it? Or do I have the skills yet? All good questions, and as a newer driver, wise questions. But honestly, what is the deciding factor of when to tackle an obstacle? When you're new to driving and you're out wheeling, hopefully with others, and you come across an obstacle that looks like a fun challenge, what do you do? I think the best answer is to get out and take a look at the obstacle. Look at where you want your tires to go. Look where you don't want your tires to go. Then look at your line and see what and how you need to get over it. I would also look at the line from the Jeep's perspective and also from farther down the trail looking back at the Jeep's line. This gives you two perspectives on that obstacle. And maybe watch someone else go over it and hopefully they have a similar Jeep and body style length and setup as yours. And now watch what they did or didn't do right and determine how you would approach it and why you would do it that way. Well, as long as you have some modifications to protect your Jeep, there really isn't much that can go wrong. Well, sort of. If you keep your skinny pedal lightly covered and your left foot brake on the brake and you watch your spotter, then mostly it will be a piece of cake. Remember, sometimes a little bit of tire spin is okay and sometimes necessary. But a lot of wheel spin is a good way to break axles or drive shafts when that spinning tire finally hooks up and snap. Keep in mind that even stock Jeeps are set up to go boldly through the trails. However, it's our skinny pedal, ego, and pocketbooks that may not be set up. Mm -hmm. I always say that no matter the obstacle, if you don't feel confident yet to tackle it, don't. There is no shame in a bypass or turning around. The accomplishment of getting over an obstacle can be very rewarding and increase your confidence on tackling other more difficult trails. We are fortunate here in Southern California that has so many types of trails that we can start out on very easy trails and move up to medium and eventually black diamond all relatively close to each other. Now here's just a quick list of some other things to consider before tackling that obstacle. What type of Jeep do you have and how is it set up? 
How long or short is it? Have others with the same size Jeep been over that obstacle? Do you have lockers? Do you even need them? Do you know how to use them? What about body armor, underneath and rock sliders? Is this the first time you have driven over an obstacle? And what type of an obstacle is it? Water versus rocks versus ruts versus mud? Have you aired down enough to get your sidewalls flexing? Do you know how far your Jeep can lean to the side before it tips over? Can you operate the gas and the brake at the same time? Now, when the day comes to try something bigger or different, don't be afraid. You just, you just never know the possibilities and things you can do unless you take that first step. I mean, that first obstacle. There you go. All right. <laughs> yeah. You guys have any thoughts on making that decision? I think this is a good topic because I think we talk about doing all the things in off-roading, but we don't talk about that first time when you're a new driver and you're facing that obstacle. You know, what do you, do you take it or not take it? Any thoughts on that? Wendy, I'm, I'm glad you used the word shame. <laughs> because because honestly th that that is exactly what a new jeeper is likely feeling when they're yes. fourth or fifth in line this may be their first or second time out um maybe they they aren't all that familiar with their jeep but they have the confidence uh to be out there and and they're doing their best and then they're, they're getting out there and they're doing it uh, yes. But then it comes to, you know, a moderate trail and suddenly guys are, are kind of slipping around and, and lines are being lost. Oh, that guy just pulled cable. Well, he's having his third or fourth try at this obstacle. Now, sort of that doubt kind of comes in and now it's your turn. Mm -hmm. And and so it's, it's well, I don't want to be the guy who I'm the only one who wouldn't do this obstacle. So that's oh, so not true. what other people are thinking, though. It's there. It, it's not a shame factor. It's not like. Everybody's nope. going to point and laugh if you take nope. a hard right and head back to the road um, or pull off and let everybody else go through. And, and what that shows is a level of maturity. And, and it, there should absolutely be no shame. And to be honest, there is another Jeeper that is on that trail who hasn't gone through the exact same thing. We've all, we all been have. at a point where we were sitting in our Jeep for the first time in front of an obstacle. And what do we do? What are we going to do? Exactly. How are we going to do this? How and, 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 and it's those questions and whether or not you are even going to do it. Now, I've always had a, a sort of a, a three and out hard rule. I'm going to try an obstacle three times. And, and if I can't either keep my line or, or make it through, then I'm going to pull cable or I'm going to pull off. And, and just because I don't yeah, want to be that idea. guy who is up on this obstacle for a half hour trying to get <laughs> over something. And, and I'm in my 12th, 13th, 15th try. And everybody's just like, he's not going to make it. He's not going to make <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah. I don't know why he keeps trying. He's not going to make it. And, and there, there has to be a point where you have to just acknowledge it with yourself. I'm not going to be able to get over this obstacle. And it's not the end of the day. It's, you're not any less of a man or less of a woman or no. less of a Jeep in, in, in you know, knowing when to call it quits. Um, and, yeah. and so really, I, I, when you use that word shame, there should be no shame and pulling off and taking the bypass or, or you know, heading back down and, and coming back around and, and meeting everybody at the top of the obstacle, top of the trail, whatever it is. There's no shame in that. And honestly, at the end of the day, it very well likely could have saved you your pocketbook, your Jeep mm -hmm. itself, possibly even your life. Because if you didn't know what you were doing, you were trying too hard, you wanted to be like everybody else, and you ended up rolling your Jeep and sheared off your arm or something like i mean i'm come on anything oh, God. Can happen. yeah that, that escalated quickly 
Right? So I'm, so I'm saying, that's what I'm saying is that there's no shame in just in pulling off. And so, you know, if, if you, if you can't do it, if you know, you can't do it, um, you know, that's one thing, but give it a try. Uh, given Use enough times I can do it. Now. Damn it. It's the wind. It's well, coming from the wrong direction or the sun's in my eye. Damn it. I can do it. Exactly. <laughs> I think I think Josh, you hit that just right about the shame because I think egos do come into play, and you're hanging out with your Big buddies, time. and you know they they've been jeeping for you know a while. Their jeeps are all set up. You're just starting to get your set up. I think there's some pressure sometimes on a newbie thinking that they have to go through everything someone else is doing, and I just want to sort of reiterate that no, you don't have to. But when you're ready, then there are some things to look at. You know, make sure that you are sort of equipped either mentally or physically or your jeep is ready so that you can get through those things and then it'll make it easy and fun and boy once you start it never going to be able to stop doing it so that's for sure so wendy do you remember last year uh, about this time uh, i went uh, went up to uh, barnwell and uh took the uh, took the jeep off road for the first time with the locker too and uh, i was going through a really what i felt was a, a, a very mild uh, rock pile uh, okay. but rock pile nonetheless and uh, I, I went through one, and it was no problem. It was fun. It was noisy and scratchy, and, you know, it was great. And uh, then I went to uh, hit this, uh, this next one, and uh, keep in mind, a, a less modified XJ was in front of me, and he, he went through it, no issue. And then I got stuck coming out of the rock pile. And I'd like to say that my maturity kicked in, and I, okay. I backed up and put it in reverse, hit it harder, backed up, hit it harder, backed up, hit it harder. <laughs> And my wife was going, oh, my God, you're tearing up the Jeep. I said, son yeah. of a bitch, go, damn it. So I wasn't shamed. I just did a lot of damn work on the Jeep. And, oh, my God. And I wanted to get through this thing. Of course, later okay, on. Okay, don't be like Tony. <laughs> later on, I found out that I was in front-wheel drive only because of the Atlas. Only, oh. <laughs> only being engaged in the front. So no locker, one wheel. I thought it did pretty good, even if I didn't get out <laughs> with, the, with the one wheel. And it wasn't until I actually I got pulled out of that rock pile that uh, I went to go to follow the, 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 the rest of the folks, and uh, the Jeep wouldn't go. And I thought I'd really mess something up. No, that's just that, that one front tire was spinning in, the, uh, in the, the, the wet mud type stuff that was out there, the, the clay that was out there. And that's how I figured out it, wasn't, uh, it was only in one-wheel drive. So, yeah, I just... Uh, you know, I like to mirror that maturity that Josh is talking about. <laughs> now, there's one other point, uh, Wendy, that I, that I wanted to, to bring up that you had mentioned that is a, a really critical uh, consideration that people should be looking at when they're on trails is, is uh, wheelbase, uh, the, the length of your Jeep in relation to the other Jeeps. Yep. Look, if you're the yeah. only XJ in a group of Wranglers, you're yeah. going to be hitting a completely different line than everybody oh, else. It's lately, just yep. the way that it is. Because your wheelbase is different. Your back tires are going to follow those front tires in a different track than they mm -hmm. are with the Wranglers. It's just science, yeah. people. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So if, right. if you're the XJ or even vice versa, if you're the only Wrangler in a group of XJs, same thing. It's I, the reverse I was just going to say, so you're recommending the XJ be the leader and just really screw up all the Wranglers. <laughs> <laughs> isn't the, it's, isn't it's, the JKU the same, the same uh, basically the same nah. length? It's it's actually I think a little bit longer. Oh really? Uh, the Cherokee is I think just a few inches. I mean, and it's it's not much, but but yeah. It's not much. Um, okay, yeah. enough to make it. And, and and conversely, I believe the LJ is shorter than a Cherokee. 
uh, as well. So, but but longer than a than a TJ or a CJ, obviously. Um, so wheelbase really does play a, a big uh, critical factor in here, as does axle width, as does backspacing. If you're sitting off, you know, six inches wider in track than uh, than the, the Jeep behind you. Um, you guys are going to be taking different lines. Uh, just you're you're going to be having a, a, a sort of a, a different approach to, to obstacles and, and tire placement and everything else, just because you're wider or you're longer, etc. So those do come into consideration quite a bit. So trying to follow the exact same line as the person in front of you really only applies if you are the exact same vehicle. So if you are a Wrangler with a three-inch lift on 33s that are locked in the, both the front and the rear and running the mud terrain tires, then likely you can both take a very, very similar line. You take mm-hmm. one of those factors and change them. You're going to likely be in a different line or you're going to have to uh, uh, tackle that obstacle in a different approach than the person in front of you or behind you. Well, and hopefully the spotter that is working with them knows the difference between those wheelbases um, and can help guide that newbie through. So I always recommend newbies when you're going on a trail, um, try to put your Jeep behind somebody who is experienced that matches your similar type of vehicle. Because at least you have a line to sort of look at in case someone isn't at the top or the front of the group, you know, really trying to help you. But hopefully newbies will be able to figure that out. So, Wendy, uh, as a spotter, uh, do you have to know the how each wheelbase length the vehicle would operate or can you see yep. it as your oh well, really for me um yes it's been helpful to, i mean i know if i've got a two-door versus a four i know if i'm doing you know the gladiator versus a, a wrangler um just from experience of watching to see how they track and what they do mm-hmm. um but i think a spotter really needs to pay attention to that because like josh mentions those rear tires track completely different and when you bring somebody through a line, especially a tighter squeeze, or there are specific rocks they need to be sitting on, or they need to be on to be able to get through, it's really not so much about those front tires once they get them through. It's what's happening in the rear. And, you know, we'll, we can talk later in another episode about tracking and how you actually can get I'd love through to. that. But I'd like to know it, that. It's really important to pay attention to that as a spotter because, I mean, I've, I've been at obstacles and watched spotters, so-called spotters. Um, you know, try to get people through. And I'm like, you not, you can't put that vehicle, let's say you've got a two-door versus a four-door. You brought the four-door through, gets through no problem. That two-door is going to track completely different. It turns differently. It turns either sharper or you have to right. make turns differently. And you watch that spotter try to get them through the exact same way they got the four-door and you go, well, gee, I know why you got that guy stuck. <laughs> so it is something you have to kind of experience. Um, and I mm, feel mm-hmm. lucky that I've had a lot of experience with different types of sizes so that I can at least, you know, talk like I know what I'm doing, but it's kind of interesting to watch. So when you're new and you're um, out there and you're learning, just know that a lot of it has to do with the size of the Jeep and what that person's doing and their abilities. So, And, and, and this is why All the right, Jeep well, Talk Show is pushing to have spotters certified and must uh, provide that certification upon demand uh, at your request. <laughs> Tony's still waiting for that certification. I'm sorry, Tony. <laughs> All right. Well, we we want to hear from you guys. Let us know your newbie story. If you have a topic or suggestion, just let us know. And if you want more information, check out our YouTube channel at Jeep 4-1-1 with more tips, tricks, and techniques. 
Why did you become a paid subscriber to the Jeep Talk Show? Jeep Talk Show has been my weekly rotation. Look forward to it every week, each and every Friday. You can be a paid subscriber and help support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. I support a great podcast and a lifelong Jeeper myself. Continue to learn with each and every episode that I listen to. Just go to JeepTalkShow.com and look for the big yellow subscribe button. Absolutely. If you like Jeeps, anything to do with Jeeps, I like it for the, the technical, clear content, uh, advice, and learning. All right, you rat bastards, it's time for you to go over to the JeepTalkShow.com website and become a paid subscriber. So uh, does everybody know how to do that? Because it's changed. You have to go into uh, JeepTalkShow.com slash contacts, and you'll actually see where you can subscribe to various packages there. And uh, I'll just mention this, that uh, if you're you're one of those uh, benefactors, sugar daddy, sugar mama uh, level things, you're going to have some choices coming your way here very, very soon of some goodies that you get for being a, a, a paid subscriber, which may include a badge that tells you or actually tells everybody around you that you're no longer a rat bastard. Oh, that'd be so cool. <laughs> I, I know I shared the uh, the, the badge of honor uh, with, yes. with you guys. I actually shared mm-hmm. that on uh, Instagram, Jeep Talk Show Instagram the other day and i think it's uh it was up on twitter as well so if you follow the jeep talk show on instagram or twitter uh you may have already seen this very very lovely uh jeep honor style badge that has the jeep talk show logo and uh, the nice words no longer a rat bastard on it so if uh, if you're not subscribed to us on instagram do so now and go over there and have a look and uh, that is one of the things that can be yours if you become a paid su- subscriber for the Jeep Talk Show. From the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And Josh, last week you mentioned about way back in the XJ Talk Show days when uh, I took uh, a voice recorder and went out town and just went to a bunch of big box yep. stores and. Uh, Recorded people, just uh, interviewed people and asked them some questions about their Jeep. I almost forgot about it. It's been so long ago. It really was. Yeah, it's been a while. A lot of people don't know (laughs) that uh, I had an old voice recorder. Didn't really know how to use it. Didn't know as much about audio as I do now. And uh, the audio on it was like very hot and over-modulated. So to uh, soften it down, I couldn't really think of anything to do other than stick it in a sock. So, Nikki G went around town to the big box stores, running up to people, saying, hey, can I ask you a few questions about your Jeep? And then shoving a sock in their face. <laughs> Hopefully but that's not clean. why I got banned from Home Depot. <laughs> uh, not, not a lot of people all. know that. In Nikki G's teenage years, he worked a summer at one of those key-cutting kiosks that you drive up to that you only see in movies now because I don't think they exist anymore. In Oregon. So long story short, Nikki G knows how to cut a key. And uh, Nikki G was in uh, Home Depot. Couldn't find anybody to help me out cutting the key. So uh, no. I just fired up the machine <laughs> and started cutting a key myself. And uh, so this lady behind me assumed I worked there, handed me a key, and I proceeded to cut her a key. And then somebody else came up. And uh, before you knew it, Nikki G worked, was a Home Depot employee for about a half an hour. <laughs> until uh, some kid came up and said, hey, you're not allowed to do that. Where's your best? And I said, it's, it's all right. Corporate, corporate sent me. They knew you were shorthanded. 
And uh, so that, that, that appeased him for a few seconds, and the manager came by or somebody higher up the food chain and uh, proceeded to uh, tell me I couldn't do that. And uh, I got to tell you, he kept his composure, and he was cool. Even after I asked for a half hour's worth of pay, <laughs> he was still very cordial. Even after I asked to have at least have my keys comped for free. <laughs> now, what, what threw him over the edge is when I asked for the invite to the company Christmas party. Yeah, apparently, they don't celebrate Christmas at Home Depot. He was pretty outraged after that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> All right, know. boys and girls, I'll chat at you later. You have a good one. Bye. <laughs> Cue the whale song. <laughs> something for everyone uh well i guess everyone but uh but wendy so josh no, got something and then uh, i got the whale song i've been wanting for what 40 episodes yep. <laughs> <laughs> i i still can't get over the image of nikki g running up to somebody with a sock in his hand it's like yeah oh, god what's he got well it was it was where he was holding it was the problem if he had held it up higher oh, Tony. then it would have wouldn't have been put he did not go there would not have put him off as much Jeez. Here, can you speak into my sock? Yeah, yeah that's horrible. <laughs> Mic check. Can you just go, hmm? <laughs> uh, what you going to do? You got tech questions? Ah, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I think it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Yahoo! You know, anytime you add some wiring to a vehicle, it's a good idea to protect said wiring from... Well, pretty much everything. The protection helps keep new wiring clean and safe and keeps things from getting kinked or stripped or cut, you know, things like that. But ultimately, it makes things just look cleaner and it helps make that new wire run look more like a factory loom than a, well, a hack job. Wire loom or corrugated split loom comes in fractional sizes in one quarter inch increments. Starting at one quarter inch diameter, perfect for a single 10 gauge wire run or a bundle of about six primary or 16 gauge wires. From there we go up, and I've seen split loom as large as three and a half inches in diameter, but that stuff looks really weird wow. in a vehicle, and chances are you're not going to be doing a wiring job that big on any vehicle, and when if you were, I would be, it would be better to break that up, break that loom up anyways into smaller ones to help better identify circuits. And there are all kinds of wire loom out there. Some look like the end of a spiral notebook, and then there's those stuff that pulls an old phone cord. There's even mesh in a tube form that they sell as wire loom. God, this stuff's garbage. All of those are very hard to work with, and they don't offer the protection, the aesthetics, or the ease of use that corrugated split loom does. Split loom is very easy to work with, even when it's cold. How much Jeep stuff can you say that about? And it's no. cheap, too, usually costing less than 50 cents a foot. Whole rolls can be purchased on like Amazon or eBay for next to nothing. So it's affordable and an easy. It's affordable and easy to keep a couple of sizes around for various projects. Add a little bit of heat shrink to the ends after you're done for a real OEM factory style look, and you're gonna be dressing things up in no time. So remember, the next time that you add something in, like an amp or an alarm, some auxiliary lighting, or anything where you are running an exposed wire, consider wrapping it up with some split loom for a more professional finished look. You so know, I have a. I have a question. Please. Does it work against mice? I'm so done with the mice and or squirrels or chipmunks uh, chewing our wires. My goodness. Surely uh, you can put something yeah. in there or on there. 
Okay, so here, here's what I'm going to recommend is, um, and, and I'm going a little bit on the naturopath uh, kick here uh, for this yeah. one, uh, but honestly, it, it, it will work. Um, you a little bit of water, a little bit of castle soap, and some um, uh, cayenne pepper extract. And and the okay. reason why you need the the extract is is because it will just water and and rodents hate anything spicy. So Ooh, if you okay. if you, ha- you can you can use this this spray and you can spray it on your inch, in in certain areas of your inch compartment and it will keep the keep the rodents from chewing on the wires. Now it's not going to last forever, uh, right. and it's it's likely not going to last very long past a rainfall or even a, a car wash. It's something that you're going to have to apply on a regular basis. That sort of thing. So, depending on 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 how uh, vil, 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 vigilant you are, um, how much of a village idiot you are, uh, how vigilant you <laughs> well, are about this. And then this, there's um, that too. <laughs> yeah, you know, you can you, you'll be able to do this. Now, there are other products out there as well. Um, uh, so, I mean, you could sprinkle this stuff around a driveway uh, that you can buy at just about any department store or garden store or stuff like that. And it's meant to uh, d- deter pests away. It, it'll deter cats and dogs and and rodents and stuff like that, even deer, um, for that matter. They just don't like whatever this stuff is that's in this canister that you sprinkle around your shrubs and stuff. Um, anyways, it keeps it keeps uh, cats, and deer, and dogs and rodents out. So you could technically sprinkle that stuff on a, as a perimeter around your driveway, and that technically might keep the uh, the mice out out from your jeep that way as well. So, um, but yeah, oh. consider the uh, consider anything spicy, and and if you can okay. get that spicy to stick to the wires. Those wires will never ever be chewed on again. Sounds like Yay. it'd work good for evil spirits too. I mean, you know, Halloween's coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I pour salt on the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> I park the Jeep in the uh, pentagram, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Gosh. So you know that wire loom well, comes in red too. Uh-oh. Oh God. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it yes, in red. I've yes, seen it in it blue. Does. What about purple? Red, blue, and black. I, I, I don't think I've seen purple. purple. I think I've seen I mean, yellow. Lord. Yellow is kind of uh, harder to buy, though, because um, if you do find yellow split loom in a vehicle, every time that you do, unless it's aftermarket, um, that means it's an airbag circuit. Uh, oh. that, is one, uh, re, that is one thing that automakers across the board uh, have done That's uniformly. Uh, is anything, any wire that's in an airbag circuit is going to have uh, a yellow split loom around it um, to protect it. It may even have a yellow plug, um, like a Molex plug or something like that. So any, any uh, yellow uh, split loom wires, uh, circuits in your, in your vehicle, uh, don't probe those without an airbag safe test light. Uh, bad things will happen. Well, if you have anything to add for Tech Talk or maybe you have a question for Tech Talk, a subject you would like for us to cover here on the show, just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. You know, I just got to say, the, the, the first uh, email, I'm sorry, voicemail from Pat, love it. The great voicemail, I uh, really appreciate that. And uh, anytime you guys call in voicemails, uh, it uh, gives us a smile on our face. And, of course, that's why we're here is to make the, the hosts happy. So we really appreciate you uh, <laughs> really appreciate you guys calling in. Hey, G-Talk Shows. Uh, this is the FMG for calling. Uh, I know it's been a while. Life's been kind of crazy with COVID and the pills and everything. Uh, just calling to say hi. It's been a while. And uh, that uh, I was just listening to the last show about ducking Jeeps. And uh, uh-huh. I guess I started with Nikki G, or not ducking Jeeps started with Nikki G, but I guess you guys had to bail Nikki G out of, out of jail for some <laughs> type of uh, door hanging reason or whatever. Illegal sock but, uh, placement. Anyway, so I'll let you guys know that Nikki G actually ducked my Jeep <laughs> uh, via the mail. Uh-huh. Uh, actually, I have a video on it 
on my account if you guys ever like go see it. But uh, beware, Nikki G isn't just confined to North Carolina. He can <laughs> the state line. Oh my so, god! Wow. True. Other than that, guys, have a great week. Uh, great show as always, and uh, I'll see you pretty soon. Bye. So that means the ankle monitor's off if he's able to go out of state. (laughs) Off his meds. So I I want to make a comment, too. I noticed after our last show where I did that segment on ducking Mm. that several of the other, um, what do you call them, Facebook groups that have to do with Jeeps or off-roading all of a sudden started posting pictures about ducking. So I think we have huh. some good listeners out there paying attention because, uh, you know, we're starting some trends here. So I'm just kind of excited to see that. I, I noticed that. I'm glad that, that you did. I mean, I noticed uh, a lot of uh, listeners uh, talking about the, the, the ducking. That was a, yeah. a really good, timely subject to uh, it was to talk Perfect. about. Yeah, it, it really was. And I was really surprised, too. You never know what, uh, what, what people are going to key off of. And uh, no. I, was, uh, I was happy to see that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. The Jeep Talk Show has a huge back catalog of great episodes. In episode 76, we interviewed a Jeeper that was chased by a black helicopter. We were coon hunting at about 3 o'clock in the morning, and, and everything was pretty, pretty dead. We got on this road, and we just started hauling butt, trying to make it to our dogs. As we're driving along on this road, and our buddy in the back, he says, there's a helicopter chasing us. Well, there was a helicopter up there, but I shrugged it off. I said, that's not chasing us. He's just flying around. <laughs> this thing was treetop level, maybe 300 feet behind us. I mean, obvi- it was obviously chasing us at this, at this point. You know, we don't know if maybe we weren't supposed to be in there after all. You know, are we in, in some serious trouble? What do these guys want? And and my brother's got scared, and, and he floored it. He's going to try to outrun this UA-60 Blackhawk helicopter, which is not going to happen. Head over to jeeptalkshow.com and listen to episode 76 to hear the final outcome. You know, it's been so long since uh, that, uh, that was episode uh, 76. I mean, that's years ago. That's like yeah. almost 400 episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> and and I've, I've forgotten the, the, the show and the interview. I'm going to have to go back and listen to that interview now. And it's uh, one I mean, of my favorites. Really. I was I, I was in it and I can't remember it. So even if <laughs> even if you've heard the the the, the interview and the, that episode in, uh, recently in the past, go back and listen again cuz I really that thing was that the interview was really interesting to me cuz I didn't know what he was going to tell me. So it was uh it was like it was one of those things where you you got to keep talking but you just want to listen. You say, "Look, okay, tell me more, tell me more, tell me more." <laughs> Off-Road Parts Retailer Extreme Terrain releases a new video outlining the best budget Jeep JK modifications available. Suggested items range from armor to recovery and even suspension. The video is hosted by Extreme Terrain's Meredith Evisu as part of its continuing Throttle Out YouTube series. From a $100 leveling kit to a $350 upgradable rear bumper with all the features you need or want for much less than a lot of the competition, to more. Extreme's new video helps new JK Jeep owners who are looking to upgrade it, keep it affordable while making some key upgrades to their ride. This new Throttle Out episode breaks down the top picks you may want to consider for your own build, all under 500 bucks. The video shows each part post-installation so customers can see the end result and decide what's right for them. Customers can head to Extreme Terrain's website to see all the product specs in addition to tech guides and support from their experienced service reps. And if you want to see Meredith do her thing in this newest video, be sure to check the link in the show notes for this episode at jeeptalkshow.com. 
You know, I just want to say, uh, I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it. Uh, Extreme Terrain has been a, a sponsor of this show for a long, long time. And mm-hmm. it was their idea. I'm a horrible salesperson. I, I don't like bugging people. I don't want to say, you know, you want to advertise on this show because we're doing a Jeep and everybody listens. It's got a Jeep and you, you just really should advertise. Nah, I just don't do that stuff. So they contacted us and then they wanted to do uh, reoccurring advertising and I just would like to ask you guys, go over to the Extreme Terrain website and look at what they have to, s- to sell. They got a lot of good stuff. They put a lot of uh, information up on the uh, the internet. We just talked about Meredith's uh, YouTube videos, uh, how-to videos. Uh, there's all kinds of crap out there. They help uh, off-road trail cleanups. They, uh, they've done uh, Jeep builds for people that, uh, that can't afford a Jeep, you know, and uh, to help them enjoy the hobby. They do a lot of stuff to help a lot of people, including this show that you listen to. Uh, go over there and have a look, and if you find something that you like, buy it from them. And if you get an opportunity, let them know that you heard about them, uh, the Jeep Talk Show, and Tony was whining about buying something from them, so you went over there and did it. <laughs> <laughs> from around the world. <laughs> or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Alrighty, ho, boys and girls. It's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. And tonight we're going to be talking with Brian over at Easy Trunk. Now, you may have seen, if you've been hanging around the uh, the Jeep Talk Show uh, Facebook page, especially the Jeep Talk Show group, you may have seen some posts from uh, uh, from Easy Trunk here recently. And uh, Brian over at Easy Trunk has loved the freedom of his Jeep. But uh, is there freedom when <laughs> when he went to Home Depot, or the grocery store, a hike or kayaking or stopping for a quick bite to eat? He found he was tied to his backpack filled with documents, computers, cash, credit cards. Damn, Brian, I need to know where you park. Uh, <laughs> where, where could he put his stuff when he wanted the freedom from his property? That's when he had the aha moment. Build a trunk, not a box that takes up all the space in your rear cargo area, a folding trunk. For almost two years after that aha moment, he worked on building a perfect folding Jeep trunk. 2020 proved to be the beginning of a new adventure. With a new Easy Trunk developed and a newly approved patent in hand, they are ready to unveil a product that it truly gives you freedom, convenience, and security. Easy Trunk. You can find out more about this wonderful new product at easytrunk.com. It's just, as you would imagine, the, word, the letters E-Z, trunk.com. Brian, thank you a lot for being with us tonight. We really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to find out some more about Easy Trunk. And I think you got a couple other products that we're going to find out about as well. Yeah, I, I appreciate you guys bringing us on the show. We're uh, definitely excited to share the products with you. Excellent. That's great. Now, Brian, do you personally have a Jeep? Well, actually, I've had Jeeps my whole life since I'm a kid, all the way from the CJ, TJ, and JK, and now JLs. But, you know, we ended up. You know, when you when you start a project like this, you end up getting one Jeep and finding out you need to have every Jeep. So in our, <laughs> our fleet, we have every single Jeep that they make, from this, a TJ all the way to a JL. So was this just a way to buy more Jeeps, Brian? Because that's what it sounds like it is. But honey, I need more Jeeps for, <laughs> for research. <laughs> well, the my wife thinks it was a reason to buy a Jeep. But, <laughs> there you, know, you go. The, uh, <laughs> I only, I only get a little static from her, but, you know, it's actually necessary because, you know, every Jeep is a little different, you know, from the two doors to the four doors, um, the different JKs, you know, from 
2007 to 2010 is one type, from 11 to 18 is another type. Mm -hmm. And you really, you really need to custom fit everything to, with every different Jeep, there's a different soft top and, and everything's got to be tested before we put it out in the market. So let me ask you this. Let's go ahead and get straight over to the Easy Trunk. We've established you're, you're a Jeeper and uh, you love Jeeps. Obviously, you've had them for a long time. You've been around them for a long time. Um, why, uh, why do you think the red Jeep is the best of, the, of all the colors? Why? Well, I'll tell you why, because that was probably my first, <laughs> it was my second Jeep that I had, and I actually love that one the most. But uh, Our listeners know, oh my God, Tony's going on with the red Jeep. See, oh, no, see Brian. I know you have a red Jeep, but yeah. actually it was one of the Jeeps, one of the Jeeps that, I've, that I had when I was younger. Um, then you always have to get a different color to be different every year. So no, no, we, no, you don't. <laughs> it's red, Brian. I just said it. It's red. red? Okay, I'll make sure the next Jeep we pick up is red. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Thanks for playing along. So, yeah, anyway, the Easy Trunk. Now, the Easy Trunk is, if, if, if the folks don't know what it is, uh, t tell them. It, it, it's basically a security device, right? Well, it's, it's really what a Jeep doesn't have and needs, okay? You know, you can get accessories for Jeeps and stuff like that, but really when you take your Jeep out, you're limited to what you can do, whether you have a hard top or a soft top, mostly, you know, a soft top. You can't go anywhere and not be have security. And that's really why we came up with it, because it's something that makes people think Jeep is a toy. It's my second vehicle or something like that. So that's why we came up with it. Yeah, I think we've all experienced that. Uh, even if you don't have a Wrangler, just a, a Jeep that stands out from everybody else. I mean, you've got those expensive tires and wheels and everything hanging out there. But boy, it would be horrible to lose your, your laptop, especially if it was work provided. Uh, there's a, a big stigma and shame attached to, oh, I lost my laptop. Somebody stole it. Oh, was your, was your car locked? I got a Jeep. It was, they just sliced the window and got it. So this is, this is actually a, a potential uh, savings too, because if you can't see the laptop, it's going to be kind of hard for somebody to go, oh, look, uh, look at that backpack. I bet you there's a laptop in it. Let me steal that. So it might even protect your soft top in an indirect manner. Well, one of the good things is if you have a Jeep and you have a soft top, you can leave your doors open because this way they don't yep. cut, the, you know, cut it open because that's what they do. They actually rip the soft top. So, you know, one of the good things about this is um, it's there when you need it and it's not there when you don't need it. You know, probably... 60% of the time you need a trunk and 60 and about 40% of the time you need to put something in the trunk. And that's one of the differences between ours and everybody else's. And I, well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to bring up the, uh, the best top Insta trunk. That's the one I'm familiar with. That's the one uh, that I purchased and put in my wife's TJ probably, gosh, five or six years ago now. And uh, it's just a nice piece of uh, metal. It has like uh, uh, two sides to it, I think basically. And it bolts in uh, and uh, using the tailgate uh, that closes. Now you have a, like a locking trunk. And uh, when I looked at your product, it reminded me a lot of uh, this same same type of design, with the exception that it folds out of the way. And I think you've answered that question is because now you have the ability to uh, uh, fold the, the trunk down and it, uh, it lays flat in the floorboard, basically, if, if I remember the video properly. Right. Well, what's good about with you know the Insta trunk? It's it's a good trunk, but it sort of limits to you. Everybody says, well, it's there. Okay. What's nice about ours is you don't have to unbolt it. All you do is you open the door and it folds down. You can actually on on a on a TJ. Okay. You could take the seat, move it forward, fold the trunk down, 
and you have the back of the trunk. And that's sort of good with, you know, the TJ, the TJ is a little smaller trunk, but um, with all the other ones, any JKU, you can, within six seconds after shopping and stuff, you can take your laptop out and fold it in six seconds and put whatever you want back there, which is kind of, 50% of the time you're moving back and forth doing doing different things. And sometimes you need the full trunk. Most of the times you need something that locks. And uh, that's why it works so well. Now, how long has this product been uh, been out, Brian? Well, we've been testing it for the last three years. Okay. And it's just reaching the market now. Oh, okay. You know, this. It, you know, we, we plan on launching it before COVID. And, um, you know, everything stopped. Oh, yeah. You know, all our production stopped, and now our shipments just came in, and we we basically have them for the TJs all the way up to the JKUs now. Oh, that's great. That was that was a question I was going to have, because I think the video I saw uh, was either a JL or a JK. Uh, and, uh, of course, we've got three TJs here at the house. My, my two daughters have uh, TJs, and my wife has a TJ. I'm the only oddball with an XJ. Uh, so uh, I obviously was thinking TJ whenever I first saw this. So, uh, and, you know, they haven't making it, made those in, in many years. Uh, so uh, certainly the market, I think, is probably uh, JKJL. But there's going to be some diehard TJs out, uh, TJ owners out there that are going to want to know about this. Because everybody has this problem. I mean, you either just deal with it, uh, the, the security issue. You either just uh, have to convince yourself you don't care, which I, I think is always a lie. <laughs> and, or, or you have to make two trips. you got to go home. Uh, drop your stuff off, uh, and then go back to Home Depot. And uh, so, uh, yeah, this this sounds like a, a great idea. And uh, the folding out of the way sounds great, too. Is it uh, Now, when you fold it down, it lays flat in the, the bed of the Jeep. Um, th- does it have a tendency to get scratched whenever you put stuff in the back? And I would assume you're actually putting stuff on top of the, the, the folding trunk. Well, that's a good question. Um what we offer, you know, like I said, you have to be careful what you put on it. But what we offer is most people buy the carpet kit for it. So there's actually carpet on top. So when it folds, you can put anything on top of it without ah, scratching it. Perfect. That's really nice. So you got the easy trunk. You got the carpet kit. That it, does it go just on the, the thing or is it uh, just on the easy trunk or is it the, the a full oh. back area type thing? The carpet covers the easy trunk. Basically, when the when the easy trunk is down, mm-hmm. you hardly even notice it. You know, it's one of those things that looks like something in the back of your, you know, it only sticks up about two inches. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you can put anything on it you want. And then for the carpet kit, that's one carpet kit. We also make a um, tailgate table for it. Oh. The trunk, trunk opens up. When the, when the trunk is in open position, another table comes out about 18 inches. And you, it's for tailgating. That also has a carpet kit for it, too. So when that's folded, everything is in conjunction with the Easy Trunk. Everything we do actually folds within the Easy Trunk when you're not using it. Oh, my God. I, I, I can see people listening to this interview with uh, wads of hundreds in their hand saying, take my money. I need this, especially, you know, for the ability to do some tailgating. and. Because everybody is gonna, wants to stand around their Jeep and show off all their uh, their little toys and knickknacks that they have, and everybody goes, "Ooh, is that a trunk? Is that like is that one of those best top uh, Insta trunks?" No, this is an easy trunk. It folds. Looks at all these things that it does. It has carpet. <laughs> so where do you, where does the carpet go whenever you uh, uh, whenever you're using the trunk as a trunk? Does it just fit inside the trunk and uh, still gives you the the storage that you need? 
Actually, the carpet's actually connected at the top of the trunk, so it's always there. And this this way, it's protecting the top of the trunk all the time. And when you fold it down, it stays on the top of the trunk. Oh, that's great! Oh. That's really nice because now you don't have to you don't have to monkey with something. Uh, it's just there, right. and uh, you fold it up, and it's in, in place. You fold it down, and it's out of the way, protecting the uh, the stuff. You guys really thought this thing thing through. You know, I figured I was going to get you on one of these questions. <laughs> <laughs> maybe you will <laughs> you know one of the other things i i saw in some other you know some other the trunks out there that one of the good things about our trunk is you know just say you have a computer okay or you have you're carrying and you have to put your your guns away or something like that mm -hmm. um the big problem is is a lot of people will see you coming out of the out of the you know jeep putting a backpack putting computers putting oh, your gun yeah. back there for storage right so what we came up with was a door in the back of the Jeep or right on the back of the trunk that actually is locking. And it's, it's a little different from everybody else because we actually put a deadbolt on it. And you, you pull the back seat down, you undo the lock, and you can put all your valuables, guns, and things like that through the back so no one sees you actually putting it in there that's a great idea a very very good idea because yeah exactly what you're saying now most times you would figure nobody's watching you but if if they were and because they you know had a, a suspicion or somebody told them something uh that could uh, very very well be what happens have you guys done any kind of uh, strength tests uh to see how difficult it is to to break into the easy truck actually all the easy trucks are tested and um you know, the only thing I can really get into it is a crowbar. You can break your door off on your Jeep. Right. You know, it's it's just basically as strong as the Jeep door. Um, so it's pretty tough. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, if, if they're going to start bending uh, the, the, the Jeep itself to get in, nothing is 100% secure. If somebody wants to get into something, they can. I think, I think they have uh, uh, grinders that are battery-powered, so they could literally go out there with a four-inch disc grinder and cut into your Jeep if they really wanted to get in there. But it's going to ca cause a little uh, bit of attention to the, uh, uh, <laughs> the Home Depot parking lot if we continue thinking about going to Home Depot. So, uh, yeah, no, as long as it's not easy to get in through the easy trunk itself, I think that uh, the, the product is doing the, the most it can do. Well, that, that, and also we put a money, we put a guarantee behind it that, um, we have to actually have an insurance policy that anybody's trunk gets broke to, broke into that we give a thousand dollar policy if as long as they make a police report uh, we're so confident that it, it it's not it can't be penetrated mm -hmm. okay that um, we'll do that for our customers and we give uh, an insurance policy for that oh that's great that means a lot putting your uh putting your money uh, where your mouth is, so to speak. So that's really cool. Now, have you guys started selling these? I mean, they are for sale now, though, aren't they? Um, people are ordering them online. Okay, they're going to be um, given to all the, you know, the Jeep shops around the country. We're in the process of getting in contact with Jeep to have as an OEM product for Jeep. Because it's something that's actually the Jeep is missing. Oh, yeah. And uh, if they go to easytrunk.com, easytrunk.com, um, they can, you know, go online and just purchase them there. Excellent. Do you, do you think these things are going to be available on Amazon? Uh, you know, I love buying stuff from Amazon, so. They'll be available on Amazon, um, this year. Okay. In the next few months. All right, cool. Now, uh, that would be really interesting. That'd be a big shot in the arm if, uh, if Jeep started, uh, uh, not, maybe not, uh, 
Uh, do you have them? Do you, or do you have it in mind where uh, it's coming from the factory like that, or it would be part of their add-on type stuff that they could sell? Uh, their uh, I don't know if it's Mopar or whatever the whatever the, the the branch is that they have where they have the add-ons for the Jeeps. Well, we're hoping it's part of it. You know, it's part of an option when you buy your Jeep. Okay, that you that you put it on. I think people when they realize they don't have a trunk on a Jeep, it's something that's a must. So we're trying to get it as an add-on for the Jeep from not a Mopar, not a Mopar add-on, but actually an option on a Jeep. I don't guess it would be Mopar anymore. I guess it would be like FCA or something. I was just trying FCA. to remember. Yeah, I was just trying to remember. I think that, that, that there was a Mopar, because I have an old Jeep, and it was Mopar back uh, whenever you know my Jeep was new. So I think that's what I'm thinking. But that would be really cool. Like I said, that'd be a huge shot in the arm uh, to uh, to get that. And it kind of sounds like down Jeep's alley too, because it's a uh, you have it's a convenience item. It's security, but it's convenient to use, and uh, you can just fold it out of the way, and you can use that uh, that area, that trunk area, uh, which I'm sure is even small in a, a JK or a JL. Uh, you know, in, in fact, I'm a little surprised with the, the, the redesign of the Wrangler uh, with the JL that Jeep didn't include something like this. Uh, so uh, I had never thought about it before. But I think everybody is worried about uh, security and locking things up. Uh, it's, it's so nice having that open air feeling uh, and the freedom that a, that a Jeep gives you until you, you're worried about losing your stuff. <laughs> so yeah if if you haven't thought about it yet you probably don't have a jeep wrangler <laughs> well that's one of the things people you know people who don't own a jeep anybody who owns a jeep looks back and says, well that's a good idea you know what i'm saying but um actually for the jl it's a, it's a big trunk in the back oh is so that's it? one of the but yeah it, you can put suitcases back there um, wow so they did think about yeah. something when they were designing it making more room yeah well jl's a little bigger so we made the trunk a little bigger and also it's good, you know, for if you have a JK, JKU with speakers or without speakers, our, our boxes fit that too. Um, so with the JL, it's a big, it, it's one of the bigger trunks and the JKU is big, the TJ, the TJs, you know, the size from the seat back, that's all you can do with that. But right. after the TJ, most of the trunks are actually pretty, pretty big and they can store a lot of stuff. That's interesting. Next Jeep thing I go to, I'll have to have a look. I'll say, hey, can I look at your trunk? And then hopefully they understand and they open up the, the tailgate on their JK or JL. Let me see. <laughs> so uh, now, now, okay. We'll see them as an OEM product. <laughs> so uh, we, uh, we've covered the, the Jeep, uh, the easy trunk. Uh, it, there's carpet that you can uh, put, put that on there with that and make it nice, uh, nice looking when you fold down and protects the easy trunk. And uh, so uh, you have something else. Uh, what what is it's easy windows? I think that you the, the product that you have that we haven't talked about yet. Well, that that came out of necessity. Yeah, um, probably every Jeep owner has had a couple problems with their Jeep window. One, they crack. Okay. Two, everybody's been hit on the head. You know, like when you take the window and it's cold outside, unless you're from Texas, <laughs> the window rolls back and hits you on the head when it's windy or like when it's rainy. OK, you have to go underneath and the rain drips down your back. Oh, yeah. you know, so every, I think everybody had, who has a Jeep's had that experience. Now we're talking about the rear window, right? Rear window, right? Yeah. OK. So what ended up happening, I just said this was crazy. We ended up. I ended up looking at it for a couple hours and I came up with this new mechanism that you can actually take the rear window and it you pull it up like a solid window, like a glass window, and it stays up there. 
and it, it ended up working really good because through de through design, we were able to design it so you can basically go to your Jeep window, unzip your side windows, and instead of unzipping your side window totally, you just unzip both sides, grab the grab the window, lift it up, and it stays up automatically. So it's kind of like so, a like a uh, like a hatchback almost, but it's it still uses the flexible uh, uh, back window of your Jeep. Exactly. Okay. So the and I'm thinking that this would be really handy um, whenever you're maybe it looks a little cloudy outside, but you'd like to have that air flowing. Maybe you've got the full size doors on your Jeep and you want to roll down the windows, and you'd like to have all that air rushing through. Now you can do that by loading uh, by with, with using the easy window. You can bring up that back uh, window, and now you have a good airflow through there. Do, am I am I imagining it correctly? Well, you're a hundred percent right. But what one of the one of the good things is you can drive with it full time up. Okay, we we give pins with it, and even if it's raining, the rain doesn't come in because it rolls off the side. Right. So it's it comes up. It's, it comes up with a regular steel frame, just like a hatchback window. There's pins that hold it in place, and you can go any speed on the highway with it. And um, I actually leave it up 50% of the summer. You know, instead of, you know, if I have my hard top, my soft top on, mm -hmm. it's up. It's actually up all the time because it doesn't matter if it rains or not. Your, car does, your Jeep doesn't get wet. Right. Gives you that f more of that fresh air. I guess it depends on where you leave, uh, where you live, how fresh it is, but... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty fresh by us all right that's good well that's really cool now are we, are we missing anything because i don't want to miss any of these these are really well thought out products i mean I'm, I'm really impressed with this stuff brian well those are the two major products we have one of the other things that goes with the window i, I think a big majority of the people who have a jk always have a problem doing the zippers and you know, it, you either break, the, especially the girls, they have a hard time putting the soft top on mm -hmm. and zipping the windows down. We make a little kit that clips onto the frame that actually lowers the frame just about one inch. So you could zip the windows up and after you have all the windows in place, you, you <laughs> flip a lever and it raises the frame back up and um, everything gets tight again. Now, what is this on? This is on the, the JKs, you say? This goes, this is on for the JKs. Yeah, because yeah. I don't, I can't imagine you doing that with a TJ. I just don't see anything yeah. that you could change on a TJ well, frame-wise. We're going to have it for – we actually are designing for the TJ, the JK, you, and the JK. So we'll have it for all three models. Well, I'm going to have to look at this because I can't picture how it would work. Uh, you're talking about the roll bar or the frame? We actually lower the whole um, frame of the soft top. Oh, I got, I got it. Oh, okay. You're talking about the, the factory soft top. The factory soft top it just gets lower by about one inch zip everything up and it goes back up okay that that makes sense now i understand uh we uh we have aftermarket uh, uh soft tops on everything here so i was trying to imagine that because i actually thought it was the roll bar that you were changing but no it makes sense if Not you, the framework of course and if you lower it down an inch of course that means that the the top is going to be a lot easier to zip up and then put push the frame back up and now it's all nice and tight and you didn't have to struggle with those zippers that's a great idea well, that's true. But the funny thing was, I did it because my daughter always made me go out and uh -huh. put, the you know, back on, you <laughs> know, me, put the windows back on. Let me fix that for you. <laughs> I'll fix it. And I'm sure, but, she, um, I'm sure she uh, likes being able to do it without having to ask for help, too. No, she still has me do it. But uh, <laughs> That's great. She, she definitely keeps me around. <laughs> but, uh, 
But the, honey, I designed this because of you. And she says, you're welcome. Now get to the windows and zip those things I up. Get the, Dad, can you do this? It's always, Dad, can you do this? Dad, can you do that? <laughs> oh, but, that's funny. One of the things about the easy window is, you know, you know how you went. The, the biggest thing I see about it, we're, we're back to that. Um, it stops your window from scratching all the time. I, I, I think every window, if I have 10 windows, nine of them are scratched except the one I put on yesterday because I, I left it on my car when I was driving away. Mm -hmm. But most of the windows get scratched so easily. And that's one of the reasons why I came up with it. I said, this is crazy because every time you either, you either take it off because it's nice out, I just leave it up where, you know, when you put it over the roof, when you put it over the back, uh, the top of the Jeep, they always get those hairline scratches in them. Right. So when if you get a new easy window and you have a new window, it definitely protects the window from being scratched and, and cracked. So that's that's one of the reasons why I came up with it, and uh, it seems to be working really well. Well, those tops are so damned expensive, and uh, you can't just – I don't think you can just buy one panel. So it uh, if you want your Jeep to look new – uh, you have to. Uh, you really have to go through a lot of expense, and now you have a product that helps keep that uh, that back window looking nice. Now, um, hang on just a second. That was something I was going to ask you, and I, I lost it. So this is real critical. Um, you do, you, and I don't know. Do you have to have the easy trunk for the easy windows, or can you just buy the easy windows for your Jeep? You can. You can go either way. You don't need one or the other. We we. Usually when people go online and buy the easy trunk, they see the easy window and they pick that up too. Mm -hmm. um, they both work independently. One of the, they work independently. And actually a, a good part of our customer base are people with hard tops too. Not for the easy window, okay? But for the easy trunks because it stops the snatch and grab. You know, you break in the car really quick. You have an easy trunk. You just it feels more like a trunk of a car, so people feel more secure getting that too. Mm -hmm. But you definitely don't need both of them. Okay. Yeah. No. And I'll just say this: I don't care if you have a hard top. I still think that the additional security, especially if you're a, a carry, if you have a carry license, you don't want that that gun winding up in somebody else's hands. And you, to me, you need that added security. You need that second layer of protection and i think it's just the right thing to do so even if you have a hard top for me personally i would still want something i mean i've got a cherokee and it, it is a hard top that's unless you take a sawzall to it it's going to remain a hard top and i still want my my stuff locked up inside the critical things i want locked up inside because i want to make it just that much harder uh for the uh, the criminal to uh, to get to my stuff so uh, i uh, i completely understand why people would uh, would get an easy uh, an easy trunk for their uh, their hardtop vehicle. Okay, so we we've established uh, about what the easy trunk is. You can get uh, the easy window. You don't have to have the easy trunk to do the easy windows. I can see where people might go. I'm going to do the windows thing now because I'm thinking I'm suspecting that the easy windows are cheaper than the easy trunk. Uh, do, do you mind sharing with us uh, what kind of price points these things are? Yeah, the easy the easy window it lists for about two hundred dollars. Okay, we sell it for about one forty nine, and sometimes we have specials. If you you get a bundle package, if you buy the easy trunk together, we give a bundle package. Mm -hmm. And the easy trunk sells for around four hundred dollars, right around four hundred dollars. Okay, but that's all freight and uh, uh, freight included. Oh, okay. We ship it right here to where. I didn't realize that. And, that's great. Yeah, and we also have a customer service. Like, um, if a lot of people will FaceTime us if they have a question, I'm putting it in. 
they'll just FaceTime us. They'll go right to their Jeep and we walk them right through. We're, we're setting up training videos to put it in. It only takes about maybe some of them take 10 minutes to put in. Some take about 20 minutes to install. And it's about that easy. You know, I didn't even think about that. Um, there, is there any cutting or any drilling or anything that you have to do to install this? I, I just, I, just everything you told was telling me here, I got the feeling that it almost installs itself <laughs> based on how, how you've, you've designed these things. Well, they're actually pretty easy to install. They connect to every, um, you know, the tie downs on the Jeep. So the easy trunk connects to all the tie downs. So you just, we, and we actually give you the tools. You just um, take your tie downs off and we give you a little longer bolts and it, it connects to the back of the Jeep that way. So the installation is actually really quick on those. Um, for the easy windows, those are also easy too. They, they strap to the, to the um, roll bar of the Jeep and connect to the back bar. And they it goes they go pretty fast also. Excellent. That's great. I don't know why. I just assumed that it was a really easy installation. And I'm sure somebody was out there screaming, How do you install it? So and I would assume you can go uh to easytrunk.com and you you have this information out on the website where you can uh look up the manual how how these things were installed. Well, we have not only the manual, but we're actually doing YouTube, you know, YouTube videos, step by step instructions. Uh, um and one of the other good things is it actually fits most of the best tops too. Oh, so it'll, fit the, it'll fit the JL, the JK Trex top, um, the new Super Top from for the JK. So there's a variety, but sometimes customers have questions, and sure. you know what? Like I said, we go right on Facetime with them, and we walk them right through it, and um, make every try to make everybody happy, so they love the product. It's an amazing time that we live in where we can uh, do video stuff and see exactly what they're talking about and uh, help people like almost like you're being there. So that's that's great that you guys use the uh, the modern day technology to do that. All uh, right, you know we love to we love to help our customers and like I say we're we, we're we're excited because we like the product. Okay, so hopefully everybody who picks it up is as excited as us and um, tells a friend. And I, and I want to make sure, Brian, you are the person that came up with this idea, you designed it, and you are the, the, the person that is behind uh, Easy Trunk and Easy Windows. Well, kind of, sort of, okay? For the Easy Window, I'm the one who came up with the idea. Um, for the Easy Trunk, the, the, way, the way the story goes was I picked up a solid, a solid like an Insta Trunk and put it in the back of my, my Jeep. Mm-hmm. And my wife always complained that she couldn't take the Jeep out because she didn't have any way to store anything. And, I, and I sh- one day I showed her the trunk and she said, that's great, but I can't go shopping. <laughs> so I basically said, I'll make a, I'm going to make a fold. I thought about it really quick. So I'll just make a fold. And th- that's, she's the one who gave me the idea. I'm the one who put it in, put it in production. I, I knew the wife, it. I knew the wife was involved in this story and I figured she had made you sign something that saying that she came up with the idea, but, but now it makes sense. I see what you're talking about. <laughs> so that's exactly why why we did it because she never would take my jeep out to go places because she never you know, they can't go shopping you can't you know and um it, it it just it was it was a problem now she takes it all the time so oh i was just, i was just gonna say you know you you built that thing for your daughter and she doesn't use it <laughs> she makes you do it i was gonna ask you if your wife actually starts taking the jeep now that she that she can fold this down so your wife is a yeah. believer she's a convert she will take the jeep out i don't know i don't know how in the world would you have to talk somebody into taking a jeep anywhere i just love driving my jeep it's my daily driver 
and uh, it's just so much fun. And now you can uh, have some security if you're driving a Wrangler and you're concerned about your stuff being stolen or if you're concerned about uh, uh, losing that space uh, uh, like Brian's wife was to store stuff in the back. You can fold the trunk out of the way. You got the security and you got the space. Uh, my God, Brian, it, it, it sounds like you worked a miracle here. Well, I, hopefully. Uh, right now, <laughs> now, like I said, we're bringing it to the market and we're giving it to the public. It's been, it's been tested, tried, and proven. And we just hope everybody likes it and uh, gives us a good word. Yeah. I mean, I bet you this is so nerve-wracking because that's the thing. Uh, you, you hope people will take it and uh, like it as much as the, the time and effort that you've put into designing it. And, you know, the, the interesting thing is, is that the, as far as the, the, the public taking this, we, uh, we actually have a, a way for so somebody, for a, a lucky listener or two here, to uh, take one of these products away, don't we? Yeah, we, you know, we, we, we're doing a couple of giveaways for the show. And, um, you know, just to get our product out there. And we hope people try it, like it, and uh, tell a friend. All right. So uh, if you don't know, if listeners, if your your ears are perking up, like when my uh, dog hears a cheese wrapper uh, opening, like, ooh, is it cheese? So you, you may have thought giveaway. You heard giveaway and your, your ears are perked up. So here it is. Uh, now I'm going to get in trouble from somebody. Called, You're comparing me to a dog. That's all right. I I'm, I would be happy to be a dog. It's uh, what a life. But anyway, the uh, we have a giveaway. Yes, and uh, it's going to be a little more than just a, uh, a a one item thing. But let's talk about the main item, which is the easy trunk. Let's let's call that the grand prize, Brian. What we like to do here is we get people to call into our voicemail line, and they have to be a certain number caller. Now, uh, normally we do, uh, we get the, uh, the guests to pick a number between 1 and 10, but I, I think this, this is going to be one hot uh, item, well, one hot giveaway item. Why don't we pick a number between 1 and 20? So you pick a number between 1 and 20, and for, for all that is holy, don't pick 7, because the last four uh, guests we've had have picked uh, lucky number 7. <laughs> <laughs> for the for the number caller uh pick a number between one and 20 you can pick seven if you want to i'm just hoping it's not <laughs> the funny thing i was but no i won't uh let's say nine nine uh, lucky number nine all right so uh now the, the thing we do is you can't just be you can't just pick up the phone and you know say yeah i want the thing you have to work for it and we do that, and, and listeners that have been here before, they know you have to, to say a phrase. You have to say a phrase. Uh, if, you, if we steal from somebody, we'd say phrase that pays from one of the radio, radio shows out there. So, uh, Brian, we need a phrase that, pra- uh, that prays. We need a, f- a phrase that pays. What do the people have to say? When, what do the callers have to say when they call in? Keep your junk in the trunk, easy trunk. Ooh, I see what you're, what you're doing there. Keep your junk in the trunk. Easy trunk. So that's all you got to be. That's all you have to do. It's easy. You call a number and you go over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and see what that number is and find out how to call us. A lot of people are driving around. They don't want to write stuff down, uh, Brian. So we just tell them to go over to uh, jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. They get the number. They call into our voicemail line. You get to be caller number nine and say, keep your junk in the trunk. Easy trunk. Now, that's not all that you're giving away tonight, is it? Now, we also give it away three easy windows. We can do a similar thing with that, too. Okay. Well, uh, this, this is uh, uncharted territory. Um, uh, would you like to do, like, the first three callers, or would you like to pick three numbers? Because we can Let's do pick th- three numbers. Three numbers, okay. Let's pick three numbers. Let's say three, eight, and ten. 
3810. You know, I'm having to take notes here, Brian, because this is, uh, I'm, but I'm not complaining. This is great. We're going we're gonna to have four winners uh, from Easy Trunk. And uh, so all you have to do is uh, be caller number three, number eight, or number 10, and you will get a easy window that allow you to get your back window up and out of the way and let the air flow and keep it from being scratched and uh, just and, and 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 don't forget, guys, what people are going to do whenever you pull up to a jeep meet or something, they're going to say, "What the hell is that? Where did you get that? That's neat. How, how did you do that?" Because <laughs> there's <laughs> Brian. Do you know of anybody else that has like something like the easy window? I, I, I've never seen anything like that. Actually, nobody has it because it's not out there. We have a patent on that also. Um, the, the funny thing is, is a lot of people don't realize it's a plastic window. They think it's the, the glass. Hatch yeah, that's cool. So they don't say anything, but when they do see it, they, they are pretty excited about it. I bet. So if you, if you guys love getting those things that nobody else has and being like the first on your block or your first in your Jeep club, this is a, a great item to get. And here, and what, how, how wonderful is it that Brian and Easy Trunk are making it possible for you to do it for free? <laughs> so again, you need to be caller 3, 8, or 10 to get the Easy Window. And caller number nine is going to get the easy trunk. Now, is the easy trunk for the JK, JL, or TJ, or, or does it? We'll, we'll find out based on what the winner needs. Yeah, the um, right now, right now we have the easy trunks for the JK and the JLs. The TJ um, will be coming out shortly. Okay, well, so if somebody had a TJ and they were the winner, could they just wait and get it when it's available? Yeah, it's going to be ready in a few months. They w we would just put them on the list, and they would actually be the first ones. There you go. So now if, you, if you're if you a TJ owner, if you're a, a JK owner or a JL owner, uh, it'll all work. Oh, you know, I didn't think about this. Do you think it would work on an LJ, or you just don't know? Um, it'll work on the LJ because it's actually the same back. They mm -hmm. just extended certain parts of it. So all the, the, the bolt patterns are, are similar, and it should work on that also. Oh, great. So if you got an LJ... Uh, you could uh, even use one of these things. So we just increased your ability to get one of these easy, easy trunks <laughs> on your Jeep <laughs> by that much. I know, I know you guys need some extra stuff to buy for your Jeep, but this sounds like a wonderful deal. Uh, and especially if you win one. So uh, again, all you have to do is call our voicemail line and uh, be caller number three, eight or 10, uh, nine, if you want to win the easy trunk. So the easy, easy windows are three, eight, 10 uh, easy trunk is caller number nine. And you have to say the phrase that pays. You have to say it exactly. Keep your junk. <laughs> keep your junk in the trunk. Easy trunk. And you don't have to put the pause in there, but it sounds good. <laughs> you must be 18 years of age or older. Your mailing address must be in the continental United States. You may only call in once per giveaway. Any required word or phrase must be said exactly and completely the first time. Your call must include your caller ID. One chance to win per individual per giveaway. All these rules must be followed unless otherwise stated. Failure to follow these rules will disqualify you from being eligible for the giveaway. We will contact you with a text message at the number you called from. Good luck, Jeeper. Well, Brian, tell the kids how they uh, how you can uh, how they can reach out to you on the uh, the the social media. You know, they they love those pictures. They love seeing these products uh, firsthand. And of course, you can go to easytrunk.com, but uh, you never know what uh, what might show up on the on the social media. Well, we're on, we're on Facebook, and we're actually having a contest to send your picture, and if you dress it up, dress it up. Um, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, and also you can just go to easytrunk.com. Oh, by the way. We're actually giving a free Jeep away. Oh uh, my 2020. god! So a JL, right? Is it a two door or four door? We're giving a JL away. Yep. 
So does it come with an easy trunk? Uh, you know what? If someone, whoever wins, it definitely comes with an easy trunk. All you do is <laughs> you log on to our easytrunk.com website and you can fill it out, fill out the uh, entry. And uh, we'll definitely make sure it comes with an easy trunk. And if they get a soft top, it'll come with an easy window. That's great. So, uh, so if you if you uh, and you don't have to buy an easy trunk or an easy window to to win the the twenty twenty jail, correct? Oh, anybody can log on and uh, sign up for it. All right. So uh, again, you go over to easytrunk.com, and then you can enter to win the the twenty twenty uh, Jeep Wrangler the JL uh, there at the easytrunk.com website. All right. right that's and, all you- and, and and when when's that giveaway happening? It's going to be, we're actually giving it away in July next year because of COVID. We had to change the, the time for the giveaway because everything basically stopped. But we'll be, it'll be the end of July next year. Now, will this be a, a red Jeep that you're giving away? Because it has to be red, Brian. Just, just say yes. Uh, <laughs> the, the problem is, I heard Jeep wasn't going to be making red for 2000. Are they for 2021? But maybe. You know, they uh, can. You know, we talked to somebody and I gave them a hard time because they, they had ordered a JL and it wasn't red. And he explained to me that it's not the the fire red like they used to have, the bright red they used to have. It's more of a kind of a, a subdued red, and that's the reason why he didn't get it. So uh, he, he's he's he knows people at Jeep, and he's bitching at. I'm trying to get the the real red back, and I you know, and God bless him. That's that's a holy mission that I hope he's successful with. So <laughs> you love you love that red. Oh, red's great. <laughs> <laughs> and all, all the listeners know too, because uh, I got tagged on a uh, an Instagram post the other day where it was all red jeeps, and they wanted to know if I was behind all that. You know, Brian, I think what we'll do is uh, we'll have to get a a Jeep Talk Show sticker over there to you, so that you can uh, maybe not put it on the Jeep, but at least make it available for the owner if they would like to put the put the sticker on their Jeep. That'd be a a great promo for the show. <laughs> and, and you know what? You can have any anybody go to easytrunk.com and uh, email us. We'll send them um, easy junk uh, in the trunk uh, magnets for their car. Oh, that's great! <laughs> junk you know, in the so trunk. We actually we actually print it off, and actually people like them. Say, can I have some of those? So we give them out free, and um, just email us at easytrunk.com and. Uh, We'll give those out to you for free also. That's really cool. Well, Brian, I can't thank you enough. It sounds like you get a great product here. I think you're going to be very successful with this. Uh, and uh, I look forward to hearing that uh, Jeep has picked it up. Uh, I know you do too. You'll probably fall over dead when they do. Like that'll be the, the pinnacle of, uh, well, I guess the pinnacle would be the, your daughter actually using the uh, the zipper thing that you had built. But uh, <laughs> certainly the Jeep picking up the product wouldn't be a bad thing for your, uh, for your easy trunk. So, guys, don't forget, easytrunk.com. Go over there and check it out. And uh, there's a video right there on the, uh, the, the opening page, and you can see exactly how the easy uh, trunk works. And it, it is. It's just, it's just like butter. Just that you fold it down, you fold it up, and it's there. It's not there. So uh, very impressive product, Brian. Congratulations on uh, designing something that works because, you know, so many people design crap. Uh, you see it all the time, uh, and sometimes we buy it, uh, but I don't think that uh, that's the case on this one. Well, we worked hard at it. Well, I appreciate you having us on the show, and um, look forward to giving you new products in the future. Absolutely. We'd love to hear about them. Well, thanks, Brian, for coming on the show to talk about Easy Trunk, a company that's bringing the coolest things back to the back of Jeep since the invention of the locker. Well, do you have an idea for a guest, or maybe you work in the off-road industry yourself? Maybe you know somebody who does, or you yourself would like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show just to tell your own Jeep story. 
Man, everybody's got one. We want to hear yours. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. Who knows? Could be you. <laughs> Are you living the Jeep life? From mall crawlers to weekend warriors, from daily drivers to weekend wheelers, it's all about the Jeep life, and it's all good. It's time for Jeep Life with Jeep Mama. Hey everyone, so answering Wendy's question from last week, sadly I have not been ducked. However, years ago, (laughs) probably 10 years ago, we had a duck addiction at my house. There was this good behavior program at my son's elementary school. Good students would get ducks. My kids were so obsessed with them, they wanted to collect them. They found out you could buy these ducks on Oriental Trading. Mm -hmm. We probably had over 200 ducks. Wow. I don't think we have that many anymore. They just saved their special ones, and I ended up selling them on eBay. Josh, you are so correct about learning so much from junkyard lifts. This past year, that's what I've been doing, learning so much about junkyard builds and lifts. Tony, you mentioned bastard packs. I can tell you I know what those are and have seen them in action. We did that to our YJ. We took the top two leaf springs from an S10 Blazer, cut the eyes off, and installed them in the YJ. They added one and a half inches of lift and stiffened the springs to work with the SOA, spring over axle. Junkyard builds have helped me understand so much more on how Jeeps work. I am really enjoying it. We are now working on another YJ. Now, a big shout out to Chris, one of the Zoomers in the Zoom room. He shared with me how he liked my top five. That has rejuvenated my YouTube video ideas. You would be surprised how many people like those videos as well as my how-tos. There are a lot of folks out there thanking me for my how-to use those $10,000 buttons in my Rubicon. You know, the (laughs) ones, the sway lock and axle lock. A lot of folks had no idea how to use them. This is a good reminder that a lot of people buying Jeeps are like I once was. I knew absolutely nothing about Jeeps, off-roading, or anything mechanical in a vehicle when I first bought my Jeep. You can go check out my YouTube video for more top fives and how-tos. You can also download previous episodes of the Jeep Talk Show for them as well. On YouTube, just search Jeep Mama, M-O-M-M-A. Okay, back to this week's top five. My top five recovery items I have actually used the most on the trail. And these are going to be in order. The use of these items is not just getting my vehicle out of a situation, but me helping other vehicles or even to loan out the items to help others get their vehicles out of sticky situations. It's what you do when you're out on the trails. It's like everything in your Jeep or off-road vehicle is considered community property. For the most part, I have found Jeepers and off-roaders are very generous people. Okay, let's start with my number five, my tree saver. The first time I used it, I was so excited because I was able to loan it out to help other Jeepers in need of a tree saver. We used it several times on the Rubicon Trail. Another time it was used by our Jeep group on a trail in Virginia. We came across a lone jeeper stuck in a big mud puddle. I mean, a huge mud pit. We had to use the tree saver, a winch, and a snatch block. And we used my tree saver. Number four, ratchet straps. 
These have come in so handy so many times when parts start coming off your Jeep while you're wheeling hard in the rocks. You just use those ratchet straps to hold your Jeep together. (laughs) My number three. Yes, Tony, a winch is necessary. You were right. Number three is my winch. I have used my winch several times to help others out of sticky situations or through or up an obstacle. I believe I've used my winch once to get myself up an obstacle. Number two, before my winch, I used my recovery straps so many times for other jeepers and a couple of times for myself. And the number one recovery item I use the most is my soft shackle. I love my soft shackle. I actually have two of them. One is purple and one is green. Instead of trying to loosen up those super tight D-rings because you've tightened them so much because you don't want (laughs) to lose them from rattling off, well, I have loaned mine out to so many other Jeepers several times, and every time I do a recovery, I use my soft shackle. So a couple of recovery items that I haven't used yet, my gloves and a shovel. Next week on Jeep Life, the top five mods I would do before I lifted my Jeep. Hmm. I'm surprised she hasn't used her gloves, especially when she's using the winch. I'm surprised she uh, has a green shackle. I'm, uh, I don't know. Up here in the Pacific Northwest, uh, one of the things during um, uh, fire protection level one warnings is that you need to carry certain things in your Jeep. Uh, and if you are caught on trails without these items, um, you are going to be fined at, at the very least. You're going to be asked to leave. Uh, and if you, uh, you know, start getting attitude, well, um, the sheriff or the, uh, the ranger is going to have words with you and likely you're not going to be seeing your Jeep for a little while. Uh, they, I have been known to, I have heard they have impounded vehicles for people getting out of line because they, uh, were, were caught without their fire gear. One of those things is a shovel with a minimum of, I think a 31 inch handle or something like that. I forgot what the, the minimum handle length is, but, um, but a shovel is mandatory. Uh, because if you are coming up on a, if you're on a trail, you come around a corner and bam, there's some smoldering debris on the side of the trail because a broken bottle or something like that ignited a piece of dry tinder. I mean, it can happen. Um, and, and so one of the best ways to put that out is either a, with a gallon jug of water, which is the other thing they require you to carry or a fire extinguisher. If you don't have either one of those, well, guess what? You are making your own fire line essentially. And, and you know, best way to put out a fire is with dirt. Um, mm-hmm. And so you're basically going to bury that, um, uh, bury that fire and put it out with, put it out with fresh soil. Um, so a shovel is one of those things that is mandatory to, ca- to carry out here in the Pacific Northwest, especially during the summer. Now, is it, is it necessary? Well, a lot would argue no, it's not necessary because uh, virtually any time that I get stuck or something like that, I'm not going to have to shovel myself out. Uh, right. I've got a winch for that, you know, I've, you know, things like that. I've got a come along that can, that can pull me in a direction, you know, stuff like that. So, you know, from, from that aspect, from that standpoint, I can see how in, in certain areas where shovels aren't mandatory during certain times of the year, how it would become a cumbersome type of device to figure out, okay, how am I going to pack this? Where am I going to put it? It's got to be on the outside of the Jeep. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you got to pack it right because it's, 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 it's a projectile at some point. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I, I definitely get it. Um, but you got to be careful about where you're at. Uh, so if you're if you're from California or from Idaho or Montana or something, and you're in Oregon wheeling for the summer, well, you better have a shovel 
uh, mm-hmm. because it's it's going to be one of those things where you, it's it's mandatory. It's it's a must have. Um, so, but again, that's a, 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 it's it's regional type of thing. You know, I'm, I know I'm kind of nitpicking. I don't mean to pick on Tammy and, and some because I know I did that what last show or the show before um, about one thing or the other. And gloves are another one, man. Anytime I'm pulling cable, it's a must. Absolutely must. Doesn't she have, have synthetic gloves. though? I thought she had synthetic. Do you it have doesn't gloves? matter. I don't. I don't really, it doesn't gloves. matter. Really? Yeah. Oh, I mean, really? Anytime. I thought the gloves yeah, were yeah. for the the metal uh, little pieces oh. of metal that uh, wires that can come out. D- didn't know yeah. that. Um, so, Josh, let me ask you something. You mentioned having to have mm-hmm. a shovel. You come around a bend and there's a smoldering pile of something there. It, it, you have to have the shovel or the gallon of water or both. Do you ha- actually have to take action on that smoldering pile or can you just drive by? I mean, you're not the one that started it. So why is it your responsibility to, uh, you know, get out there and get sweaty and, and uh, cover it up? Uh, because I believe in being a good steward to the land. Uh, that <laughs> but I'm do you have to? Say- uh, you mentioned the, you mentioned, I'm, I'm, I'm just picking, you know, I'm triggering you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> you, you mentioned having to have the shovel, but do, does it, is there a requirement that you have to stop and do something about it? You know, <sighs> you know how people are. I guess, I guess uh, technically, no. Uh, that's, morally, see, that's, yes. That's uh, weird. Do you really want to be the cause for, you know, yeah. like if, if you didn't stop that fire and you yeah. go home and on the five o'clock news, you see that, oh, there's a 10,000 acre fire burning right where you were wheeling today. I'm just visiting. Guess what? I, I, don't, I don't live here. I'm just visiting. I'm from California. So it's, you know, oh. it's not my backyard anyway. <laughs> Nonetheless, those are. That's I'm a, just that's talking about these system. laws that, that, that they, they make that are nonsensical. It's never going to be open again. You have a moral obligation to do yeah. the right thing. Sure. No, I, no, I understand. A, I, I don't agree. give a flying fuck how lazy you are. <laughs> if you're going to see something like a fire burning on the side of a trail and drive right past it. No, no. This wasn't a fire. It was just smoldering. Dude, it's going to be there's smoke. There's fire where there's fire. There's where there's smoke. There's fire. I mean, it's, it's it, it, it might not have been a raging inferno yet. But it's, it's soon right going now. to be, it's and, and I, it's it's for the same reason why it, you know if somebody's on the side of the road trying to flag down a vehicle, I'm gonna yeah. pull over. And now if up. I if I see you know you know Bubba Joe hop out of the back with a chainsaw, well I'm probably gonna take <laughs> off again. But you know at the same time I'm gonna be doing the, the moral thing, the the morally right thing. Somebody's in trouble. There's a situation that needs assistance. So whatever it is, whether it's a fire yeah. on the side of the trail, uh, an accident that just happened in front of me. Um, whatever it is, I'm going into first responder mode and I'm going to take care of whatever needs to be taken care of at that point in time, because it's the right thing to do. And let me ask you another question, Josh. Um, the, have you ever actually tried a flying fuck? I messed up my knee really, really bad. <laughs> so you're not part now, of the mile high club is what I'm saying. What I'm hearing. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Now, wait a minute, Josh, cause I'm reading what, what Tammy actually wrote. She does carry the shovel. She just hasn't used it yet. So maybe she hasn't come to Oregon to, to wheel yet, or she might need the shovel. Well, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you, you hear a lot about the, the, what you might need when you're off-road. You might need a spare axle shaft when, when you're out <laughs> oh, off-road. But no, how many of us have actually broken an axle well, shaft when you're we're off-road? Well, probably true. only a small percentage of us, because there's probably only a small percent of a, a percentage of us who are wheeling that hard with our Jeeps. So it's not something that you that you need to carry every time. Again, it's it's all about consideration. You know what kind of you, you, you got to have some forethought. If you're going out into the middle of the desert and you've got winch line and seven other vehicles with you, you've got no reason for a shovel. 
You know, it's right. it's it's going to just get in the way. I get it. It's dangerous. Um, yeah. But if you're in the woods, you know, it's it's all about terrain, situation, where you're going to be, uh, and and what you're prepared for. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if we had some friends in the state legislature up there in uh, Oregon, uh, we oh, could God get forbid. we could get somebody <laughs> to mandate pillows whenever they go off road. <laughs> <laughs> not when they go off road, just when they go camping. Okay. Just when they go camping. When they go, when they go camping. And then, with the pillow. <laughs> and they they oh, must man. check with all can, uh, neighbor campers to see if they remember to bring their pillow. Oh. Uh, I'm picking pillow on, police coming I'm picking, through. I'm picking on Josh again. Josh has you forgotten are. his pillow whenever he's got off road wheeling and overnight it camping. like every other yeah. time. So that's God. that's the joke, folks. So the, for you new, newbies that didn't get that. <laughs> Well, hey, how does Tammy's Jeep life compare with your own? We're always looking for Jeep stories, and we want to hear yours. So contact us and let us know what your Jeep life is like. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and find out how to reach out. I smell something smoldering. (laughs) That's a really (laughs) big fire. (laughs) You know, it's one of those things where you, you, we have a campfire and a campfire side chat, and, and ordinarily, uh, you know, you don't light that campfire until the sun goes down. Right. Uh, and that kind of brings me to uh, to the to this week's question, and, and we uh, pose a different question each and every week, uh, and we bring in some of our listeners around uh, for a little bit of a roundtable discussion, and we, we kind of call on them and, and get their opinions on uh, on this topic or that, and, uh, and this week, the topic is, uh, is night wheeling. Uh, more or less. And, and wheeling in different terrain, regardless of what it is, uh, and re- even where it is, offers unique challenges that can't be found elsewhere. Uh, for instance, wheeling in the snow is unlike wheeling on any other terrain. Same thing goes with sand. Same thing goes with rocks or mud or w- wheeling at night, for instance. And that uh, brings us to this week's episode. Do you have any interest in night wheeling? Uh, if no, why not? Night wheeling is certainly uh, very interesting, very fun, and offers a an entirely new uh, challenge to uh, to a trail that otherwise uh, would be re- relatively mundane. Uh, you need special equipment for wheeling at night, i.e., rock lights or at the very least auxiliary lighting to light up the terrain around you uh, so that you can see what you're doing. Um, so, I mean, there is uh, certain things that you would need to do uh, night wheeling, but it's more or less do you have an interest in it, and if not, why not? Uh, so we've got a bunch of uh, other Jeepers around the campfire tonight. Uh, we're going to go ahead and, and talk with each of them and find out where they stand on this. And first on our list tonight, I'm going to go with Larry Holmes. Larry, uh, where do you stand on night wheeling? Or do you have any interest in it? Are you even set up for it? Uh, Larry, before you before you just say uh, before you start talking, let me just say something real quick. I switched over to the uh, the video with the, the Zoom people to get ready for the question that you were going to ask, Josh. And yeah. uh, Tammy's up on the uh, AKA Jeep Mama is up. And she's walking into another room. I see a shower curtain, and I go, oh, God, I hope I'm not catching her going to the bathroom. Oh, no. <laughs> Jeez. I, I thought you were going to go the other way, a little, you know, Norman Bates action. <laughs> that would have been good. That's a, that would be a good Halloween thing. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, okay, Larry, it's your turn. All right. I'll just say I've not really done much night wheeling. Uh, not say I'm not really that well equipped with that right now with lighting and everything. I like to be able to see what I'm doing. Um, I've been spending a lot of money on a Jeep, but not much on lights other than headlights. Um, not saying I wouldn't, but not right now. 
You know, it's one of those things where uh, a lot of people have more important considerations. I got to take care of that oil leak before I buy, uh, you know, some auxiliary lights. Boo. You know, I've got to, you know, buy some new tires before I think about buying a set of rock lights. You know, there's, there's obviously, there's life gets in the way. Other considerations get in the way. More important stuff always gets in the way. And to be honest, most of us would prefer to wheel during the day. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's warmer, uh, it's, it's, you know, you can see stuff better, but that's just it. It's, it's all about the challenge and, and unique situations and, and, and Jeeps, even owning a Jeep certainly puts us into a position to experience unique situations all the time. Neil, how about you? Are you equipped for night wheeling? Is it even something that you would consider or are interested in? Um, so I've, I've done a lot of it in the past, um, more because of the lack of experience, um, <laughs> at this point, no. It's too dangerous. Um, accidents happen. It just the problems become multiplied in the dark. It's it's just not something I'm interested in. I was just thinking about what happened in Colorado. Uh, I think night wheeling that things like that could happen even more often. I mean, this guy thought he was parking on solid ground. Could you imagine getting too close to the edge simply because you couldn't see the edge? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's right. It, this is too That'd dangerous. Be scary. Yeah, that's a very, a very uh, uh, good point you bring up, Neil. Danger is an absolute, uh, very real consideration when you're talking about night wheeling. Uh, because honestly, you can't see as much of the terrain as you ordinarily would during the day. I don't care how well you're lit up. Um, there's going to be shadows. There's going to be dark spots. There's going to be um, you know, points where you, you're not seeing things the way that you ordinarily would. Uh, and, and you're not really seeing as much of the terrain either. Uh, so having that bigger picture of where you're at in relation to everything else around you uh, becomes a much more narrowed vision as well. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, and if you're in unterrain, unfamiliar territory, uh, all the all the more reason to to proceed with more caution. Uh, night wheeling certainly does become a lot more dangerous uh, just because of the conditions that you're wheeling in. Tammy, I know that you've been out uh, wheeling uh, at, at uh, both day and night. Uh, are, are you equipped with rock lights? I can't remember how you have your Jeep set up. Yeah, I had the Lux lights, um, but when I was wheeling in Kingman, I ripped them off. They were the magnetic lights, but I didn't. Oh, the magnets yeah. didn't come off. I tore the the cables with the rocks. Oh, oh those, wow. are good, those are good magnets. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Really. they were really good. Um, and honestly, I like wheeling because I like to see the scenery. So I've been um, night wheeling twice, maybe, and it just didn't really. I didn't really have any interest in it. Tammy, whenever um, I was taking uh, flight lessons, I found that uh, I could make better landings at night because I couldn't huh. see the trees and the houses and stuff. This might help you get over your fear of heights. Maybe you could go say, Big Bear Pass at night. Black oh, Bear no. Pass at night. Yeah, Black Bear Pass yeah. at night. No. Good Lord. <laughs> no, I no, think you're asking for idea. trouble there. I think you're asking yeah. for trouble there. No, yeah. really interesting, Tammy. I, I didn't know that about uh, about your Lux lights uh, tearing out the wires and, and not the magnets. I've never been a fan of magnetically no. mounted rock lights myself. Uh, I just, I don't know. My, my Jeep has a rough ride. I always figure like that next pothole is going to leave a light dangling. That's or a lot of you money I'm saying? to pop off because the magnet yeah, can hold. Right? Yeah, right. So it's, and it's not something that I want uh, hanging loose under the Jeep, really. Uh, so, I mean, typically those are in wheel wells or... Or, you know, inboard from that, uh, suspension, driveline, uh, you know, w wheels. I just There's too much going on for, for something like that to be, uh, to, to allow to be hanging. So I'm always 
uh, a strong proponent for, for screwing stuff in and making sure that it's going to be mounted properly uh, stuff. But, uh, but good to hear. I mean, Tammy, are you going to, are you going to look into repairing those? Have they already been repaired? Are you just going to yank them out, go with something else? Where, where do you stand on the Lux lights now? I, I still have them. I took them off my Jeep. I just, we just need to re, um, Wire. do the wires. Yeah. Um, but it was my fault originally. I should have strung the wire, the cable in a better spot, not just letting it hang Ooh. there where it could get scraped against the skid plates. And maybe, stuff. She, maybe she should use a wire loom, Josh. Hey, well, you know, low hanging fruit is still low hanging fruit. So <laughs> it, it, it does come into a, uh, into a matter of strategic runs. You got to think about, uh, you know, whether or not it's going to be in the way it could it get pinched, uh, could a rock or branch come up and grab it or, or pinch it or cut it, you know, anything like that. So, uh, yeah, you know, this definitely comes into some forethought again uh, when you're, we're talking about wire runs and stuff. Um, Travis, I know uh, t- Tony at the top of the segment had talked about you uh, posting up some images on social media about night wheeling. I do know in prior segments and prior uh, uh, fireside chats, you've talked about night wheeling. Uh, sounds like that's something that you do on a regular basis. Uh, is, is that true? I like to yes. do, Yes. I, I mean, I love the night wheel. I love the adventure at night. It's entertaining, exotic, and energizing. I mean, that that's it. I wanted to eat it. Uh, I like lights. I'm going to do more lights <laughs> than anybody ever. No, no, like, no, no, oh, no, no, you won't. <laughs> no. Tony, Tony is I'm, accepting I'm gonna, that challenge. I'm going to, I'm going to blow your own lights. Tony, but that said, I know for a fact when you're wheeling, you don't need that many. You need undercarriage. You need yeah lights to help the spotters, and that's what I post up on our social media page. I'm going to have undercarriage lights. I'm going to have lights that are going to help my spotters. I'm going to have lights that assist everyone around me, other than myself, forward facing because forward facing. All I'm doing is blinding everybody if they're leading me because I'm in a YJ. I'm not leading the group. I'm not the first one through. I'm going to blind everybody. And I've learned that. I want lights to help me assist. So the rock lights, people buy them. Buy those, do that. Get more undercarriage lighting. Let people see what they're helping you through, and run with that. Uh, a night uh, willing, I'm with I you 100, Travis. Drink and do it, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's a very, very important point. Yeah, uh, typically uh, at night uh, you're around a the campfire. There might be a couple of adult beverages get cracked, and and suddenly some liquid courage is uh, <laughs> is uh, is flowing, and and you're going to give that obstacle you couldn't uh, you couldn't tackle earlier in the day another try at night intoxicated yeah. yeah what's the worst exactly. that could happen right <laughs> so, you know it's it's a good point travis uh i i'm a i'm a strong proponent for for not wheeling under the influence uh there's a time and place for that uh and behind the wheel on the trail is not that time or place uh now that being said you raised a good point um about you know light bars and 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 forward facing lights it's not necessarily um you know uh, all that important um, because ch- typically you're going to be in a line, there's going to be other Jeeps in front of you or behind you. And the, what's more important is seeing what is directly in front of you or directly underneath of you, not what is ahead of you. Um, and, and so, uh, if you're, if you're in a position of where you're looking at rock lights, 
where um, you're in the market for rock lights, you're thinking, okay, my next purchase is going to be a rock light kit. Do not skimp out on these. You don't need fancy RGB strobing kits or anything like that. You just need a kit that has a good number of lights. The output, yes, is important, but so is the number. Having just four pods is not going to cut it. You're going to need at least six, if not eight. I yeah, always recommend a minimum of six, and and to start with that, uh, that way you could have one at each corner, and then one in the front, and one in the back. And that is the bare minimum for lighting yourself up on the trail at night. Um, I, I would recommend eight. That way you can get the sides, and you can get the undercarriage really good. And pretty much you're going to have a halo of light underneath your Jeep and be able to see pretty much every square inch in both the front and behind and on either side of every tire. And that is what's important when you're wheeling at night. Also, they need um, to be no. able to be synced with the music of your stereo. No. It's so. Not me, no. <laughs> so you have strobe lights. Oh, dear. How about a disco Look, ball? I mean. <laughs> uh, look, I, 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 if you've got, you know, the, the Jeep with the, the halo lights and you can change the color of the halo lights and, okay, you want some rock lights and you got the money to spend. Don't be a um, hater. You know, <laughs> go for it. By all means, 22 get, yourself, get yourself the rock lights that can match the color of your halos and in, in your headlights. Look, I'm not going to, I'm not going to diss you. I'm not going to judge you <laughs> at, at all. You know, I, I, at one point in time, I had purple neon this? in a car. Okay. So, uh, so there you go. I actually still <laughs> Wait. no. I actually still have that what? purple neon too. Purple it's just not neon? installed. Oh, neon! You got to remember, I worked. I worked ten over ten years in the mobile electronics field. That, you know, I've, I've got a stuff, lot of equipment. That stuff looks cool. It does. Yeah, it does. <laughs> that glow, does especially that underglow purple. It's just like yeah. weird looking. So, you know, uh, the, uh, I know. So I know. Said so we could speed through these things, but. Uh, Travis mentioned the the night wheeling, and, and I don't do much of any wheeling, uh, but uh, I, I do like lights, so I took the opportunity to order me a set of uh, uh, rock lights that I'm going to, I have not installed yet, but I'll, I started with four because I want to see how bright they are. They're Cree, uh, three-watt lights, and I think it's a cluster of, uh, of several of them. Uh, I turned them on in, in here, and I uh, couldn't see for three days, so I think they're okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it reminds me of something uh, that I've been meaning to mention to you guys. That I've seen pictures of people with rock lights uh, set up on their Jeeps, and it yeah. casts, the tire casts a very nice shadow right around where the wheel would be touching a rock or any off-road thing. I think we need to help people with uh, where to place their rock lights so that they can be used properly and not just, hey, look, I got rock lights and I'm turning them on. And they don't do anything other than uh, just, like I said, the, the audio synced with, uh, with the, the RGB uh, lights and they <laughs> with that bass. It, it's just something to be seen from the outside, not something to help you in getting in and around obstacles or the spotter. So uh, I don't know. I, I think that'd be a yeah. great topic to, to come up with. Uh, Topic yeah, or else interview, get somebody from Rock Lights to come on the show and talk about their Rock Lights and how they install them. I might have to get the Lux Lighting on because they are an Oregon-based company, actually. I think they're based uh, down in my state's capital in Salem, Oregon. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, but, uh, but I did uh, speak at one point in time with the owner uh, or at least a representative of Lux Lighting. Uh, and I, I might actually... I actually do have package of Lux Lighting right here, and you yes, remember, they are based out of Salem, Oregon. You yeah. remember when uh, Tammy, we would be talking on the show live on YouTube, and uh, she, oh, I wanted to show something to the audience, and then she, she was gone, and then we were sitting here <laughs> waiting for Tammy to come back to the camera. 
no. <laughs> have you ever have you ever used other ones, or is that the the only pair that you, or the only set that you've had? Uh, no, I've well, I've made my own uh, right. in the past. But I mean the Lux. before the before the age of LED lighting uh, that was so uh, easily accessible by uh, by every consumer for every every facet and of life. And too, right? Uh, right, but uh, back in the day, LED lighting was not uh, inexpensive, mm-hmm. and uh, and you had to go with incandescent. Uh, and, and so I've I've used uh, actual like truck lights before, you know, like the kind of lights that you'd see up on the top of a cab of a of a big rig, right. uh, something like that. Uh, but with the clear lenses, not the yellow lenses or the amber lenses. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it, I mean they, they they work. It illuminates, but it's, it's better certainly than not. It's certainly not the lumen output that you see out of these out of these Cree chipsets like what you have, Tony. Oh, it's like uh, UFO esque lighting. <laughs> Seriously, they're 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 relatively impressive now. Um, and then you add in the whole technology of RGB, red, green, blue, um, and and able to have a controller that goes with that. Now you have 255 colors uh, that you can do, and <laughs> dancing lights and yeah. all that other crap. You know, oh my so gosh. look, I mean, it's 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 cool. It's got some you know certain bragging rights and everything, but. Uh, I just don't believe it has uh, 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 much of a home out on the trail no. as it does in the mall. It's great. Uh, it's great, so. at, like you say, at the mall or in camp where you could just mm-hmm. turn up the stereo and have the, you know, the, get out yeah. there and Dancing Queen from ABBA is the going. Music. And, Woohoo! Or the Saturday yeah. Night Fever. But no, you're right. <laughs> yeah. But you're right, Tony. We we probably should do a, a segment one of these days on, on undercarriage lights versus rock lights because there is yeah. a difference. Yeah. Um, let's get back to our listeners. Bob, oh, that's right. uh, where do you stand on the night wheeling? Uh, are you, are you set up for it? Is it something that you've done or are even interested in? So I'm building my Jeep right now, another one, and I am adding more lights. I'm going to do an alternator upgrade, dual batteries and everything. Mostly because I have to, I can never leave for a trip on time. <laughs> so I'm always late getting to camp in the dark yeah. and I need the light to get Aww. there. <laughs> I've been there. I'm 100%, man. <laughs> I can't tell you how many trips were. Again, this goes back to me being a you know Boy Scout. I overpack all the time. I, I entirely overprepared for every trip that I go on, unless I forget my pillow. Um, and, <laughs> and, and, and typically because of pillow. that, I'm, I'm, I'm showing up late. So, yeah, I'm with you, Bob. I'm, I'm the guy strolling into camp late. Where's Josh? He should have been here three hours ago. <laughs> oh, there he is. He's coming up the hill. I see him now. <laughs> What about you, Chris? Sevenslats.com. Chris, I know you're here on the show. I know you got a Jeep. I know you've done some night wheeling. Uh, where, do, where do you stand on this topic? I'm okay with it. <clears throat> no, on this bitch. no concerns. Uh, <laughs> my uh, current JK has the uh, abysmal halogen headlamp, so my my drawback is having the, the uh, proper lighting. But I'm okay with it. I was in a situation a few weeks ago where I could have really? used it and... Uh, um, didn't, um, so just need to upgrade the lighting, but no issues with night wheeling. Very good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the same way. It's one of those kind of positions where I'm, I'm pre-wired for it on my Cherokee. Uh, actually I'm, I've got the switch. I've got the relay packs all ready to go. Uh, I've even got some terminations, uh, in the rear, uh, set up for, for power back there for, for rear lighting. Um, uh, I just haven't installed it yet. Uh, and it's, it's just one of those things where, man, I, I, this year I didn't even get out once for night wheeling this year. Uh, and last year, I think there was only maybe one, one or two times that I got out. So it's, it's not something that, that I am fully set up for one and two that I get to do all that often. There's not that many people that like to go camping, uh, and night wheeling at the same time. Uh, a lot of people that I wheel with are, are more about, um, camping at night, 
uh, being around the campfire, getting drunk, hanging out, telling stories, you know, that sort of stuff. They want to chill and relax at night. They don't want to, you know, get into that adrenaline rush at night and, and deal with all of the, the extra risk and danger that comes with night wheeling. Uh, and so it's hard for me to, to find a buddy to go out at night with. Uh, and that's a, that's a really uh, another important point is, is you don't ever want to go night wheeling alone. Uh, just Never. because oh, of God, the kind no. of situations that could happen. I mean, you don't want to be out there and, and suddenly a sensor goes out on you and your Jeep doesn't start. It wasn't because you were being stupid. It wasn't because you were, had too much skinny pedal or something. It's just a stupid sensor decided to go out right then and there. And suddenly you're, you know, 300 miles from home in the middle of the wilderness in the dark with a Jeep that doesn't start. So, you know, it's it's very important that you have, a, you know, you, you use the buddy system when you're out wheeling at night. It's just, it's more critical than ever. Uh, what about Sean? Sean, where do you sit on the uh, on the whole night wheeling uh, topic, and, and are you set up for it? You know, got me on. Okay, so I tell you what. I have lights on the sides, but I have not gone out wheeling at night because guess what? not comfortable <laughs> i'm a newbie so i'm like trying to like get things going here right now and so it could be uh i think we'll it'll be good here in uh, like a few more months so anyway no that's a very very important point that you bring up sean because you know a yeah. lot of it does come with confidence and night wheeling yep. is one of those things to where I mean, look, I, I've been wheeling for, for decades, and, and even then, it's one of those things where if you're even on a trail that you're very familiar with, night wheeling completely changes everything. And, and I don't care how confident you are, how many times you've been on that trail, um, when, the, when the sun goes down, the terrain changes, and a, even the most familiar trail suddenly becomes a treacherous obstacle. And, and it, it, every little bend and twist suddenly is, is a guess and, and, a, and a hope that, that you are putting your tire placement in the right position. Um, and, and without the proper equipment, lighting, and more importantly, experience behind that, um, it, it, it does become very sketchy. And, and, and you very quickly become um, not necessarily frightened, but in a position to where all of that confidence that you would ordinarily have is completely gone. And in your second guessing everything, you're unsure about everything. And that unsureness uh, is really not a good feeling uh, at night, uh, especially if you're driving your daily driver uh, out mm -hmm. on the trail uh, and doing some wheeling like that. So, you know, that whole thing. And remember, idiot, you got to drive this home uh, <laughs> yeah. sticker that, that some people put on the dash that goes double when you're out, out at night. So, Sean, another good point. All of our listeners tonight, very good points you guys are bringing up. Now, I want to turn to the hosts a little bit. Now, Tony, um, you know, we kind of uh, hinted on it a little bit. You are a light nut. Oh, I mean, I one it. of the things that, that you absolutely go bonkers over is illumination. And I know um, just because I've known you for so long and I've seen all the pictures, your Jeep, the front of your XJ is, is seriously lit up. I mean, that thing is like a freaking UFO, man. Um, you got like runway lights on that thing, I think. <laughs> but uh, wow. no, seriously, I mean, you, you are set up for a lot of lumens facing forward, but I don't know if you have anything facing down. Um, would that concern you wheeling at night? Absolutely. Um, and uh, I think night wheeling would be really interesting. Um, uh, I, need, I need to do more daily wheeling before I, I switch to the night. But uh, I, I, I thought this might actually be a good thing for people that have 
uh, been on the same trails or have, or they're so uh, so good at wheeling that that would actually throw a new wrinkle, a new challenge Absolutely. Uh, into, into doing the night wheeling because now a lot of the visual cues that you uh, you have uh, aren't mm-hmm. going to be there. It's, it's like a blind man. Your senses, all your other senses get better. You feel everything better. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so, yep. well, that's one of the reasons why I got the, uh, the I got the rock lights. And uh, mine, I think, are going to be a combination of uh, rock lights and undercarriage lighting because uh, I think that it's a great idea to be able to see uh, when you're working on things, even when it's not at night. It may be dusk or you may... Um, uh, maybe driving along and then something breaks and it's getting kind of uh, dim outside and now you turn on all the, the rock lights and the carriage lights and now you can see exactly how long you're going to be sitting there on the trail. So, yeah. <laughs> and keep in mind, uh, and, and it's true, from just from a very young age, I was just always fascinated with flashlights and, and going through this technology from, from incandescence all the way up to the uh, where we are with these LEDs that... Uh, uh, that are so hot, you have to put heat sinks on them because they're so damn bright. Um, I, I just love that, and I like playing around with them. But uh, also, too, I do have at least one uh, reason for doing the lights, and that is because of the tropical storms and hurricanes that we get in this area. And I don't know why it is; they always seem to come at night. Um, and and I'm not necessarily <laughs> they do. yeah, I'm not all, I'm not necessarily wanting to go out and drive around during a hurricane. But if you need to go from point A to point B, uh, yeah, when the hurricane really is, 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 is dropping down, or you know, even if you do have to go out in the middle of the hurricane, power lines, telephone poles, trees, limbs, um, yeah. sides of buildings. So mm-hmm. the more light that you have, it's much like being off-road. The more, more light you have, the better decisions you can make about where to go. Uh, whenever we had a hurricane uh, here back in uh, 84, I believe it was, uh, I, uh, I had an, uh, an 83 uh, Chevrolet pickup, uh, four-inch lift, 37-inch uh, tires, and I literally had to use uh, the truck and the in four-wheel drive to drive through neighbors' yards to get to my parents' house because wow. so many trees were down, and I had to weave in and around the down trees and go up and over some of them, and that was during the day. If I was trying to get to the house at night, it would have been, would have been a much more difficult thing, especially in a full-size pickup. So uh, I really like having the lights on there uh, for that. And, and really, honestly, the main reason is when somebody flips their brights at you, you teach them <laughs> never to do that to another, another person ever again. <laughs> There's something Ouch. to be said about rearward facing lights as well. Well, you yeah. know, I got one. Oh, I got God. one of those too. Yeah. Yes. Well, all good points. Uh, love that, uh, that, you know, the whole natural disaster aspect of, of, of lighting, Tony, because yeah, that, that is important. You can't, you can't completely ignore the forward-facing lights as well, uh, and especially in, a, in, a, in an area like you're at. I mean, up here in the Northwest, we get plenty of rain. We get that sideways rain. We get, you know, a couple few inches of rain in a day as well. You get like 11 inches of rain in three hours. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just insane. I can't even imagine that much water coming down. Um, all at once, let alone at night. It's hard enough to see through that during the day, um, and so all the more important to if you're in that kind of a in that kind of a region to have the kind of lighting that that you would need to you know, make it through. From, like you said, from point A to point B. Now, what about you, Wendy? I, I know that you guys are up on the mountain. Um, I don't know exactly how your Jeep is equipped, but I know that you got forward-facing lights. Do you guys do much night wheeling? Are you, do you are you equipped for that sort of thing? We, we actually have done some night night wheeling, and I actually really like it. It's it's different, like you've mentioned before. You have to be careful 
the actual terrain, even if you knew it or you knew the path, you know the obstacles are different. They look different. Um, I think I mentioned in a previous episode, too, about spotting through the dark is kind of interesting because the headlights don't do you any good if you're the spotter because oh, you can't yeah. see that they were even paying attention. But what I really, really love about night wheeling is the canopy and the shadows. Especially yeah. the oh, isn't that, that cool? That yeah. <laughs> is the neatest thing to see and do. So for that reason alone, I would encourage everybody to try to at least do some kind of night wheeling because it's it's something that you can't duplicate in the daytime. There's really bizarre shadows, especially if you don't have a moon out. And it's darker oh, even. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I don't know. To me, it's almost surreal. There's just some really cool thing about it. So, yeah, we we definitely uh, like to, to wheel at night. And we would definitely do it again and often if we could. So I bet you nighttime uh-huh. snow wheeling would be fun, too. Talking about yes. the colors and the glitz, glitz the, yeah. the, the bright lights on the snow and the ice. I bet you that would really be cool. A lot more oh, illumination, yeah, uh, definitely. Yes. Don't get uh, don't get a chance to do a whole lot of night wheeling um, in the snow, uh, but uh, but I do a lot of night driving uh, in the snow during the winters uh, right. here. Like I, I, I've mentioned here on the show multiple times, uh, anytime it snows, uh, you know, if we get more than a couple few inches, uh, I head out with the jeep and, and start doing patrols and stuff. Um, and and it's having that auxiliary lighting really helps in in, in multiple situations, especially in the snow. It's very good for. Uh, bad weather situations or natural disaster really? or things it's it's i just like having it it's better to have it and and if if people are going to give you a hard time about you know having all those lights and what's wrong with you blah, 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 that's fine i don't care i have it whenever i need it so yeah well you, yep. you were about to say it's better to have it and and yeah. not use it than to need it and not have it and not have it correct well, all very good points. Actually, we, we covered some points that I didn't think that we'd actually get to or, or even think about myself here. Uh, and that just goes to show, you know, uh, having a different perspective from different people oh, from wonderful. around the world, yes. around the nation, even um, around the campfire. And we all have, you know, similar interests and stuff, but we all have a different perspective and a different opinion on things. And that's what this segment is all about each and every week. And so we'd really like to have you join us um, in a, a number of ways that you can do that. Uh, and the best way is to make sure that you are following us on Facebook or are subscribed to our newsletter. Uh, you get the inside information as far as the topics that we're going to be covering, uh, when we're going to be doing the fireside chats, uh, and, and all that sort of stuff. So um, I can't thank our listeners enough. I uh, thank my co-hosts enough as well uh, for a great topic, a great fireside chat tonight. Thank you guys all very much. Good one. Well, uh, we want you to join in on the Campfire Side Chat. It's easy to do. Um, all you got to do is sign up for our newsletter, like I was mentioning just a second ago. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You're going to find a link uh, for that newsletter to sign up. It's very easy. Um, we're not going to spam you. There's not going to be you know 30 emails a day or a week. And In fact, it's re- literally just a single email a week that we're going to send you. It's just as easy to unsubscribe. Uh, but you get in the newsletter a bunch of inside information, find out when and what we're going to be doing as far as giveaways, how to get in on that, and how to be first in the running for those giveaways uh, to get that inside information and possibly get yourself a freebie. Well, that's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. I don't care. I've pissed off enough people over the years. What's a few more? No matter what, it will always be Columbus Day to me. Indigenous People's Day. That's like saying he's not short. He's just vertically challenged. 
Broadcasting since 2010.